Blog Talk Radio. Kane is in the building. Hollywood cold, I'm with Molly G, bro, flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows, and I wanna tell you something that you probably should know, this that slumdog millionaire Bollywood flowing up, my real friends never hearing from me, fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me, that's why I pick and choose, I don't get you confused, I got a small circle, I'm not with different crews, we walk the same path, but got on different shoes, live in the same building, but we got different views I got a couple cars I never get to use Don't like my women single I like my chicks and tools And these days all the girls are down the And good afternoon everybody Thursday afternoon 6 o'clock on the 14th day of Of course, excuse me, it's May I almost thought it's September here As we get the show up and running tonight It's going to be me running solo tonight With three guests that are going to drop by In the next three hours of course, you can drop by throughout today's show and join myself, Richie Altman. Of course, uh, Eugene Bitten is not here tonight. Our thoughts and prayers are with uh, Eugene and the entire Oceanside family as they are paying respects to a coach that they lost to the Battle of Cancer. Uh, this man was not only a five-star coach, he was an uh, even stronger five-star man on and off any field that he could ever walk on. Uh, coach Nate, uh, of course, was called home early uh, over the weekend, and, uh, of course, it was not – an easy day uh, for a lot of the ocean side land sharks, uh, the coaching staff, the family members, the moms, the dads, anybody who came in contact with Coach Nate knew that he was without doubt uh, a very special individual all the way up to his final days here on earth. So now he's called up to the big house. He's getting a coach upstairs. So that's a neat thing. Of course, he'll do some great things. Uh, and we're very honored because if I'm not mistaken, we actually had the last opportunity to talk to him on air and uh, he was uh, quite a quite a, an impressive interview and an opportunity for me to have that conversation with him. It's something that will always hold close to my heart. You never know when it's the last time to say hello and goodbye all in one, which is what I had a chance to do. Uh, I'll release that interview uh, either later tonight or sometime tomorrow, uh, as, of course, he spoke with us for about 30 minutes, and uh, we'll get that out there to you guys. Uh, here through today. Now, if you would like to join us, of course, we're coming to you live here in Somerville, South Carolina. You can do that. You can just reach out on the Tent Farm hotlines over there at 323-784-9681. Like I mentioned, we do have uh, three guests that are going to kind of join us. One will hang out a little bit longer uh, later in the show. Of course, uh, Brian uh, Vacchio, who joined us yesterday, excuse me, Tuesday, and uh, he, of course, uh, helped get everybody in the Saluda family on air with us. And then he jumped in at the very end just to say hello and kind of introduce himself because, well, he's going to do some things here on the show with us. Uh, he doesn't know that yet, but he's learning that. As I reached out to him today, I said, hey, man, I'd love for you to come back yet, hang out with me. I'm going to fly solo for most of the show today, but I'd love an opportunity to get you in here and talk about what it's like uh, to do what you do with the Fireflies. That's a minor league program out of Columbia, South Carolina. Of course, Tim Tebow played. Uh, for that team uh, during his uh, baseball tenure, right, while he was playing some baseball 
Uh, he did it there in Columbia. He also does some stuff at the Gamecocks, the University of South Carolina here uh, in the great state of South Carolina. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But we're also going to cover some football stuff. There's a lot of things that are starting to come out. You know, of course, there was rumors that Southern Cal may or may not play Alabama. And, of course, uh, the AD, it sounds like he's, he's all about that game. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit with a couple of guys. They're going to drop by, of course. The interview that I am very interested in coming up at 630 is with Jay Williams. He is going to be joining us on Thursdays going forward at 630. He is uh, the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Uh, They're getting ready to get it going. I've seen a lot of uh, things on social media, getting kids ready to sign up, getting things ready to move in the right direction. It seems like we're going to start getting uh, everybody back into the norm, the new norm, if you will. So that'll be a lot of fun to get it here with Jay and try to figure out what he's leading his coaches to do. Uh, you know, I did have a, uh, a, a, a brief conversation earlier today with Corey Boyd. Y'all remember him. He was a running back for the Gamecocks uh, a few years back. Now he coaches there in that league, in the South Carolina Youth Football Association League out of Columbia. And uh, he actually has a Skype meeting today. But he's going to join us next week sometime to kind of give us an update on what's going on with those guys. Of course, we'll catch up with a lot of the coaches here locally in the great Charleston area. And uh, talking about catching up with goes in the know. And, of course, here locally, our main man on the camera is Kevin Billadu. He's with Live 5 Sports. He's going to check in with me at 7 o'clock. So he'll kind of get what's going on. They are spending some news out of Wando, uh, their athletic director, uh, has, uh, it sounds like he is going to get one of the great honors and a well-deserved honor to having a football field named after him. And, uh, A, he deserves it. He's been a part of that family over at Wanda for quite some time between coaching and being an athletic director. And from what I understand, he helped kind of design that amazing football stadium over there behind the high school at Wando. Uh, I had a chance last year in the 2019 football season to be a part of, uh, produce our, our, our bringing a live game from ESPN, of course, uh, Somerville, traveling across the river uh, for week two, or I guess week one, whatever, however you want to look at it. But uh, we went across the way, and, man, it is as advertised. I mean, it is definitely uh, a five-star situation over there uh, behind the uh, high school over at Wanda, the largest high school in the great state here in South Carolina. And the elevator that goes all the way to the top to uh, just the the entire – uh, press box, I thought, was uh, a college atmosphere, better than some college atmospheres, quite frankly. The football field, Ashgate turf with the palmetto tree there on it, and uh, just the atmosphere in general. You had uh, around the uh, under press box, I would say, you had a food truck rodeo, you know, multiple food trucks that were kind of coming around, and it was uh, quite uh, the smell coming all the way up through the press box, and I was thinking, man, Boy, oh, boy, it would be great to see these guys bring some of that food up here. But, you know, the game for Wando went great. Not that I – Somerville thought they would have. But uh, you live, you learn, you get better, you get stronger. And some of the uh, biggest growth comes at the hardest time. Of course, Somerville ended up uh, coming off and uh, getting a handful of wins. Uh, finished with a winning record and uh, made the playoffs. Wando comes off an 8-3 and three record. I mean, that's the best season that Wanda's had in quite some time over there. The Warriors also made the playoffs. And, uh, of course, uh, had a ton of uh, big names uh, that did some big things over there. Uh, looking forward to see what they do this upcoming year. They do have a new coach as uh, Jimmy Noonan has decided to take his uh, coaching uh, to Georgetown, South Carolina, for the Bulldogs. That should be a fun ride for him. I think he's I think he's the athletic director now. I think he kind of got that dual role over there, Georgetown, 
a lot of athletes over there uh, in, in in that town. Uh, I'm very familiar with Georgetown. I got a lot of family over there in that side of the world. It's between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. If you're familiar with those two destinations, right dead square in the middle is a small town called Georgetown, and uh, a lot of history there, of course. But also a lot of opportunity. The right coach can do the right things at the right time. And I think giving in is advantage of the job, so that should be a lot of fun. And does it turn up a little bit of energy between Andrews and Georgetown? Now, they've got Scott Durham hanging out in Andrews. He's a, the athletic director and the head football coach. He's a, he's a five-star guy that comes up here and talks to us on a regular basis. But does he kind of poke the bear a little bit and, and get a little rivalry going back with Georgetown? That's always uh, been a big rivalry. I played a lot of Little League, or back then it was Dixie Youth Baseball in Georgetown. Uh, and, and it was always that Andrews-Georgetown rivalry. Uh, two cities, very cl- or towns close to one another. Uh, some family members probably in both areas. I had family in Andrews and in Georgetown. So it was always a lot of fun to get some of that. So you know, we'll wait and see how that works out. Now here locally in the great state, we're uh, going to start opening some more things up. And it looks like Monday we should be somewhat back to 100% of occupation in all those businesses, hairdressers, uh Hair salons, you got barber shops, you got the the tattoo artists, you got the tanning beds, you name it. I think it's all open. So that should be uh, a very interesting uh, transition. I can tell you this from writing today in, in town, a lot busier going in and a lot busier coming back to the studio and getting things ready because it was a traffic jam in multiple places today. So, uh, you know, it's uh, been nice to uh, not have to battle the traffic, but that's what we do, and that's where we're at. And Charleston, of course, is a destination, and many, many, many people are definitely finding their way here to Charleston. And, of course, I talked to some folks up in Myrtle Beach. They said the line getting into the campground is like Chick-fil-A. I mean, it was wrapped all the way around, and people can't wait to get into vacation mode. Here's what we're going to do. We'll take a break. I do want to say if you have anything, you want to call in, you want to check in, Throughout today's show, we'd love to hear from you. Usually we have a bunch of guests, and I mean usually it's five or six guests today. I just wanted to book two or three. Uh, give you guys if there was something you want to talk about, maybe the SEC and, and their full steam ahead to get their season up and running somewhere around, I don't know, August like normal. And uh, what's your thoughts on that? Meanwhile, in the pack, there's conversations that they might not do this or might do that. Uh, there's those conversations that continue to be had as well, of course, uh, I saw where I believe it was uh, a few guys at Fox mentioned that they look to have a crowd bite, if you will, during the game and no fans in the stands possibly. So they're ready for that to give you the at least the feeling that there's a crowd there, but it will definitely look a little different. So we're going to take a quick break. When you come back, we'll take some calls, 323 784 9681 coming up at 630. Jay Williams from the South Carolina Football Association, the Youth Football Association, will join us. And uh, we'll hang out with him for a few, about 30 minutes, kind of get an update on what he's doing. All right, guys, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. Be right back.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman. This is Southern Sports Central, a uh, beautiful show set up here today. We'll start off at 630 with Jay Williams. He's the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He joins us at 630. It's 7 o'clock. Kevin Billadu from Live 5 Sports here locally in the uh, Charleston area will join us. We'll talk a lot about the high school stuff and a few college topics that may be on his mind for about 30 minutes. And then Mr. Uh, Brian will join us. Of course, you guys may remember him from Tuesday night. That's Mr. Brian Massio will join us. And, again, that will be around 730. And then maybe, just maybe, we get a few other guests that pop in in the final hour. We'll wait and see how that works itself out. But, uh, if you didn't know, of course, uh, the Power Five commissioners uh, had a conference uh, with uh, Roger Goodell on returning uh, from the coronavirus. Uh, this was something, of course, ESPN released uh, about 45 minutes ago. Now, the Power Five conference commissioners recently had a conference call with the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, and uh, are hoping uh, to kind of glean some insight from the league as it takes the lead in navigating the football through the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. Now, the ACC commissioner, John Swafford, said on uh, Thursday, who, of course, uh, also recently concluded a virtual ACC spring meeting, told several reporters on a teleconference that the conversation with Goodell is very positive and that he thinks it will all be uh, more. Now, they're ahead of uh, us in, a, in terms of developing uh, the protocols as uh, how they can bring players back and how they would uh, test everybody. And, of course, if uh, they're playing before, a full stadium of fans allowed how many would be allowed in the stadium. Now, uh, the ACC commissioner also went on to say they have to deal with the different state regulations, just like we may have to deal with that as well now. But from the medical standpoint, you know, he goes on to say, I think we can certainly learn from them as they uh, move into the training camps and, of course, uh, playing the games because their cycle is ahead of ours. Of course, that was the commissioner from the ACC, and I think that's a pretty good deal. I like to see the commissioner, you know, working with that Power Five and hopefully it bleeds into all the other conferences because here's the thing. This needs to be a smooth transition because there's a lot of new rules put in place. There's a few things that are going to be done a little differently. I know that baseball is looking to do some things uh, not the norm, right, break things in, make their, the, uh, the divisions as one, if you would say that, the American League and National League, and maybe have three different uh, maybe time zones or areas that they're going to look and deal with. And then how would that kind of go in with uh, the pinch hitters? Uh, yeah, you, when you get the designated hitter, excuse me. How does that work? You know, there's so many different conversations. So I give a tip of the cap to Roger Goodell, who decides he is going to jump in and uh, play a role with this. Now, Swafford said that the commissioners have uh, preceding relationships with the NFL that has helped communication uh, between the two. In December, they typically have a meeting in New York with the NFL executives when they're uh, there for college football and the Hall of Fame dinner. Now, the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, said that he wanted to protect the privacy of the call, but that they have the ability to talk any number of the uh, people associated with professional leagues who are dealing with many of the same questions and issues. So, again, you'll wonder how much, because this is going to be very different. I spoke with a lot of coaches who, who right now have a lot of spare time on their hands because of whatever reason. So, you know, we have the opportunity to catch up on the phone a little more and one individual coach said, Richie, do you know there could be a weekend 
that we may have like seven major sports all coming from different areas playing on the same weekend. And I said, well, I got a feeling that the wives and those who have been stuck up under their, their other halves are probably going to encourage them to go to that man cave for a little while, A, to give them a break, and B, to kind of recharge their batteries because, you know, right now if you look around, men are kind of walking around like dazed and confused, if you will, uh, kind of in a trance. They're not used to going through uh, everything that, that's kind of happening right now. You know, they're used to leaning on the Atlanta Braves. If you're here in South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina area, the Braves are a big team here. Of course, I'm a big Dodger fan. So I'm used to, by now, catching up with a few baseball games. Uh, of course, the NBA is usually in full stream right now. Minor league baseball. Boy, do we not miss it here in Charleston with the River Dogs. So all of this is, is definitely going to come, and we're all going to be overwhelmed with it. I mean, it's almost going to be, you know, kind of like going to the Golden Corral, if you will, because you're just going to have a little bit of everything, and it's all going to be right in front of you. But you've got to pace yourself. I don't know about you, but I can tell you me, I always feel like I don't get my money's worth at buffets. Why? Because I don't pace myself, because I indulge. I take it all in, and it's like, wow, oh, it's overkill. It's like catnip for me. I just can't, you know, you've got to pace yourself. Everything is good in moderation. And so this is something that we'll wait and see. I know NASCAR is getting ready to kick up their thing here coming up really soon in, uh, in, in Darlington. We'll talk to Kevin Billado at 7 about that. Uh, Hootie and the Bluefish is on. Darius Rutger going to sing the national anthem. I mean, if that doesn't scream, we're back. I don't know what does. He's a huge sports fan. And, of course, a big Gamecock uh, himself as he attended the University of South Carolina where the Hootie and the Bowfish group was uh, originated and uh, put together, if you will. But uh, you start to kind of think, well, we're getting it back into somewhat of the normalcy. You know, like last night, for example, I had my youngest son, Mesa, with me. And we were watching some new wrestling that's on uh, TNT. Of course, Tony Schiavone, you wrestling guys, you know Tony Schiavone. He was part of that WCW. Uh, he was one of the main uh, broadcasters. And then they had another guy with him uh, that, that was a former uh, that was a former WWF, also with uh, their new slogan, right? And they have a lot of the new guys wrestling over there, but they have some old guys. I thought I saw Arn Anderson going to wrestle Jake the Snake. I didn't even know these guys could move, but they do. And they are. Of course, you got Scott Steiner over there. And uh, I want to say uh, there's so many former guys that I'm kind of shocked because I didn't know they were still wrestling. But what they did is they took their crowd and made it their wrestlers are in the crowd. You could hear them, you know, kind of chanting. It's a little different, kind of a little awkward, to be honest with you. But you wonder how much is that going to bleed into some of these other sports and how much are they going to kind of – incorporate things. You know, if you go to the Little League World Series, they've got former teams standing in the stands, you know, watching the games, becoming spectators, scouting it out a little bit. You know, and some of these teams, are they going to be – is that something we look at? There's definitely going to be a change, though. You know, you're going to have different uh, regulations. You're not going to have the freedom, at first for sure, that you're used to having that's going to not be the normal. So it's going to be a change. For example, you look at the high school graduations here in Dorchester County, which is a county here in South Carolina, just outside of Charleston, that three of the major schools in the state, of course, are part of, and they've got a few other schools under their umbrella as well. But that being said, that they're going to have it in the football stadiums. And I think that is the greatest thing of all. 
You know, that's the thing that I hope in the world of sports and the world that we know today that we go back to some of the good things, some of the good days of the athletic events that we remember. You know, you think about it. So you start to kind of think, where does it go for college football? You know, we'll talk a little bit later today because there are two schools right now. Notre Dame's one of them, and I think Michigan's the other one. And they're saying they're not even going to be at full capacity. They're expecting it right now because they're going to have to be some social distancing, and it's not going to be the same as it's been in the past, which is weird because for so long, so many schools continued to add seats to the stadiums to load up the fans. Think about Tennessee, Rocky Top. Man, it was invented to put seats on top of seats on top of seats. Go back to NASCAR. Think of Bristol. Same thing. There was a time where schools were trying to be the largest football venue in college football history. So it was erased, not only to win the games, but to load up the seats. Who could do it more? Who could load up the seats and win the games and go play for a national championship all in one? And it's hard to do all three. You know, they say you can be good at a lot of things, but you can only be great at one. Personally, I'd rather win a bunch of championships. Don't have to have the, you know, don't have to have the number of crowd in there. Don't have to break the Guinness Book of World Records of how many butts get in the seats in my stadium. You know, they kind of went through that. And there's a lot of stats. We're going to kind of get through some of those tonight. We're going to – things kind of came through. And I kind of put them out through social media throughout the night last night. If you were following us over there at SO Sports Central, that's our Twitter handle. Probably saw something popping up around two. You know, those sleepless nights, sometimes you, you get some of your best thinking done. Definitely some of your best reading done. But, uh, you know, you wonder how the new normal is. And, again, to speak the Power Five commissioners. And don't think for one minute they all, they all don't have their own egos. Because, oh, they do. Even the smallest of the Power Five and the largest Power Five, they all come in with their own ego. You know, if you watch uh, any superhero movie where they start to put them all together, and that's kind of how I think of it. My question is, who plays what role in the Avengers? Who is this guy, that guy, and that guy when it comes to the Avengers and the Power Five? I'm going to ask each one of our guests tonight. Definitely going to ask Kevin Billard. I want to get his thoughts. We'll find out what's going on in the South Carolina Youth Football Association as uh, Jay Williams is going to be joining us next, coming out of break. Uh, great guy, a uh, lot to talk about. He's excited. There's no doubt that Jay's excited because there was a thought, and it was a thought, that there may not be any youth sports at all. Think about Somerville Little League here in our backyard or the Dixie Youth over at, of course, uh, the ball field. To our left, and of course, we're dead square in the middle of both of these things. One's a Dixie Youth Complex over at Parks. One's over at some of the Little League, and we're right dead square in the middle. But there's a thought process that none of these teams may not even play this year. Remember, the Little League has already canceled the World Series. So that's not even an opportunity that's going to be on the table. So much to cover. Want to hear from you tonight. This is an opportunity, guys. And if we have a guest, we'll let you hold tight. We'll come to you anyway. But call in. Hang out with us. The number to call in is 323-784-9681. We're coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios, guys. Coming up next, oh, we head back to the headlines and right back 
to the Tent Farm Hotline. Jay Williams, the commish, joins us right here on Southern Sports Central, guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Altman. This is Southern Sports Central. And now we head over to the Tent Farm Hotline, where I believe, well, I think we have the commissioner with us, uh, currently with us right now, the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. Jay, you with us? Yes, I'm here, Richie. What's up, buddy? Man, I hear beautiful noise in the background. Are you at a football field coming to us live? Is that what's happening? Yeah, we're having a little small camp today, uh, getting these kids out of the house with everything starting to open back up, just doing a small group camp. So, yes, I'm here live at the camp. Man, music to our ears. I love to hear the young people in the background, man. You know, when when the doors started to slowly creep open, 
Jay, I only thought about how excited you and all of your coaches that you've brought to me. By the way, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to so many coaches, not just here in Charleston, man. I've talked to, you know, Corey Boyd there in Columbia, coaches too up in Myrtle Beach. We've got coaches up in Greenville that we're working with right now and trying to get them in here with us. But, uh, man, we're finally getting this thing put together, and now 6.30 is going to be your time slot on Thursday because I think every week you're going to have something new to talk about. I hope so, Richie. Uh, I'm glad everything started to open up. I know these kids have been stuck in the house since school closed down, so it's great to get them back out here, get them active, you know, doing something positive. No doubt about it. We're live right now with the commish, Mr. Jay Williams from the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Camps are starting to move, and that means the kids are getting out. How many of them look like they've been sitting around a little bit, Jay, man? We got some work ahead of us for the next couple of months. Yes, sir. All of them are looking like they've been sitting around for a while. So, yes, we definitely got some work ahead of us here. I think that's everybody. Oh, I can imagine. So, how early were they? Mom and Dad probably had them there 20, 30, some probably an hour early. Couldn't wait to find them somewhere else to be. Uh, Not that early. About 15 minutes early for the most of them. But they jumped out of the cars excited. They were ready to get rolling. Uh, It's a small group here today, only about 20 of them, but. It's just good to see them, you know, still practicing social distancing, keeping them spread out. You know, we have a large field, so they're not – they're within, uh, you know, six, seven, eight feet of one another right now. So, it's just good to see them out here back working. No doubt about it. So, Jay, man, talk to us. So, what's what's the plan? You, you're doing a camp now, and, and if somebody's listening, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now wanting to get their kids, A, out of the house, B, out of the refrigerator, and C, on a football field <laughs> – what do they need to do to be a part of all the fun things that are now starting to unwind and, and getting this football thing going? Well, uh, the biggest thing is to do is to find a – if you're looking for a youth camp to find the team in your area, I'm sure we're kicking off today, but I'm sure others will be starting shortly if they haven't already started already. And just finding the team in your area and seeing what their plans are to get these camps going and get registered and uh, get out there, that's the, the biggest thing right now. Um, and even if you, if it's in the team in your area that's not, you know, participating right now, because I know some people are not jumping the gun and getting out there right away, you're more than welcome to go to any team's camp to get work. I mean, if all the all the coaches in the league that are doing it's all about the kids. So any kid that wants to come out and participate and just get out in the house, I'm sure any camp will welcome them. Man, I tell you, I had a chance uh, to work with uh, one of the dads over at Fort Dorchester. He gets the guys out of the fort, out of the house Monday through Saturday, and a couple times on Friday, uh, Mr. Otis over there. His son's uh, an upcoming senior for the uh, for the Fort Dorchester Patriots over there. Of course, they've got about five or six kids that are always in and out there. But it's just fun to watch these kids get back together. And then on Saturday, I was over at Cahagan, and I saw probably about 13 to 15 kids from Somerville. They all spaced out themselves. They found a field, right? They they made sure it was – they had to be reminded every once in a while because just like anybody, when you haven't seen somebody for a few months, you want to get over and dab them a little bit, maybe say, hey, what's going on? But then you're kind of quickly reminded you got to back up. But it's, it's that first opportunity to see each other. What was it like for you today when you saw these kids getting out of cars? And, and what was the look on their face? Not only were they going to play football, man, but they're back with their brothers. They're back playing the game. They couldn't wait to get back out there and do it. Uh, There's nothing but excitement. Uh, They jumped out of the car ready to go, uh, just excited just to be back out here. 
It's not that they're getting ready to play a game anytime soon or anything of that nature. Just to be out here, like you said, back with their brothers, back out here, building that team chemistry, working, just getting out of the house, I think, is the biggest thing. I mean, most of them probably been in there playing Fortnite for <laughs> for these last couple of months, and now they're back out running, having a good time. So uh, I really think they're enjoying this. We're live right now with the commissioner. He, of course, uh, has given us the opportunity to be a part of their league. Of course, it's all over the great state of South Carolina. He is the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, the one and only Mr. Jay Williams. Now, Jay, you've broken down the state by conferences. If I'm not mistaken, it looks a lot like the Power Five. You've got the SEC, the ACC, the PAC. How did you guys kind of figure out where, when, and how it, and, and is it broken down I guess number-wise, where these kids, would they see each other in some type of a championship game? Or, or how's, how does the old, uh, South Carolina Youth Football uh, football Association laid out? Well, it's very similar to the Power Five, but it's just a Power Four. We score different regions. Upper State, which is the ACC, uh, the Midlands, which is the Big 12, Lower State, SEC, and Pac-12, which was the PD region. And Throughout the season, the, the first two weeks of the season, you'll have non-conference play, one home game, one away game. So you'll play one of the teams from the other conferences, and then uh, that's if everything goes according to plan. And then uh, Labor Day weekend is a bye week for everybody, and then we jump into conference play after that. Um, you would go through conference play, have a conference tournament playoff, and deem a conference champion, and then the four conference champions will meet for uh, – the league playoffs with the championship game um, being hosted at South Carolina State right now. So. Wow, now that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, uh, I'm thinking that we're going to be a part of that day too, man, because uh, as we mentioned this about a month ago, three weeks ago, you know, we have partnered together. So if you, your game of the week, that Saturday night special, is going to be brought to you by Southern Sports Central. Of course, I'll broadcast it along with a couple of other guys and maybe a girl that – uh, gets an opportunity to call out those young people's names and let their name be heard on the radio. And the cool part about this, Jay, is that it's going to be recorded, even though we're live when we're on the air, it's going to be pre-recorded there. So they can go back and listen to it tomorrow or that Sunday as they're getting up, they can go back and hear their name called out. Have you heard any anything coming back from the parents? Maybe some of the coaches kind of help build that excitement that we're looking for, kind of taking it to the next level with you guys? Oh, everybody's extremely excited about that. When that news broke, uh, it was just remarkable that that's being done for the youth. And, of course, yes, you will definitely be a part of the of the championship weekend as long as your schedule permits. And not only will you have the voiceover of the games, of course, we'll be going live uh, on Facebook Live on the SEC page. So it will be a live feed. You record uh, your voiceover live of the game. Like I said, they can go back and watch the game as well as listen to you on the radio during the same time. So it's just a great experience. I think everybody's excited, and this is a big move for the youth. Um, and it's great that, you know, we're planning on trying to get this, not just done in the lower state of the SEC, but in all regions, have them set something up like that as well. We're live right now with the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. You hear in the background, it's music to our ears in the world of sports. That's young people out of the house, off of the video games away from those homework assignments and on a field. Doesn't matter what field, but we're talking football here with Jay. Of course, we're excited for what's going to be an incredible season, and I am going to be available that week. I'm going to go ahead and pencil that in. 
You know, I tell my buddies all the time, do not get married during football season because I will be – well, now I can Zoom myself. I will Zoom myself over to the wedding, but there's just too much going on. You know, how, how much do you think that we're going to be kind of bombarded, maybe not the right word, but a word nevertheless, of all these other sports that are going to be taken up? I mean, just think about it, Jay. We've kind of sat back and we've waited for the gates to open, and here they come June 1st. I think everything's going to start happening in the high school league, so we'll get that going. But – it could be possibly the weekend that, that we're going to be on the air on a Saturday night. You could have a NASCAR race, yeah. an NBA game, a soccer match, a tennis match. Oh, by the way, golf, and then football, baseball, and who knows what else. I mean, have you ever thought, you and I are about the same age, man, that we would ever have an entire weekend dedicated to, to sports? I mean, that's what it's going to be like probably for the first three months once we get back to the new doors. Uh, never imagined that, you know, sports are so spaced out throughout the year that you never thought that you would get all bombarded at once with everything. But there's never too much sports in my opinion. It would be great that you can have a full day plan of football, NASCAR, baseball, basketball. They all may be going at the same time. Um, so I know ESPN is going to have to figure that out, which games they're going to play. But for us, it would be great as far as seeing what we get to watch and, you know, all the different uh, sports going on at one time. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier in the show. I said it's going to be like going to the Golden Corral. You know, I always feel like when I go to a buffet, Jay, that I don't ever get my money for it. I eat too much, too fast, and then I'm full, and I feel like I just busted out 12 bucks for a buffet, and I ate $3 worth of food. Well, we have to do that probably with sports because if we're not careful, come about 1 o'clock, we're going to be exhausted. And, I mean, these are guys that are like you and I that, you know, we're we're kind of – Late-nighters, we'll watch the Pac-12 at a 2 o'clock morning, you know, where they're wrapping it up over there. So, you know, I'm excited to see us getting back to it. What are some of the struggles that you guys kind of perceive maybe? I know you've met a lot with your coaches, being the commissioner. What what are some of the things that you're kind of already preparing for as we get back to the new normal, Jack? Oh, it's just going to be the fear of what's going on with COVID-19 and uh, just, you know, the players that you may have participating that may choose not to because of what's going on. And if this was never to occur, they would have been out though. It's just going to be getting your numbers, getting the kids back out. Hopefully they can find a vaccine or a cure or something here in the near future. Uh, Because I think that's the biggest struggle across the board and rightfully so. I mean, you definitely should fear the thing. It is real. Uh, uh, so that is going to be the biggest obstacle, I believe, uh, as far as just make sure we get these kids back out here and participating in the sport, in all sports at that, not just new football, just moving forward after football. I mean, making sure they're playing basketball and baseball and everything of that nature. Yeah, Jay, I agree with you. What about the preparation? As you know, as well as anybody, not only do you guys deal with moms and dads, you deal with grandmas, the neighbors, the sisters, the aunts, the uncles. Everybody comes out to watch the little guys run because it seems like their helmet's a lot heavier than the rest of their body. And you see a kid, you know, he might be seven, eight years old, his head's leaning completely back, but he still sees he's going in the right direction at about 90 miles an hour. And moms and dads aren't going to miss that. Have you guys talked about how you're going to handle that social distancing coming in at least definitely at the beginning to keep people's mind in the right areas because I think that's going to be the hardest thing, like you mentioned with the players, but also with some of the fans. I mean, these, these guys are going to have to at least have a peace of mind, right? Correct. And the biggest thing is is to start whenever you feel is, 
is safe to start, but as quickly as you feel that is. Um, because, like you said, still practicing social distancing, doing these things, you can't get into a lot of things that you were able to get into previously. So you're going to need as much work as possible. Um, and as far as, like, safety, I know the league is currently working on a deal with Rydell, um, who has the best overall youth helmets out. So that's another thing for safety purposes. They're, um, they're working to recondition them for us, you know, clean them, everything of that nature. If you want them done every week, after every game, whatever it may take. Um, so it's just taking safety precautions. And once you feel safe enough to get out there and participate, then participate as soon as possible uh, so you can get to working so you're not behind. Because in essence, it, you, we're kind of behind as a whole. Like normally this time of year, you are full blast. I mean, we're almost in June. We're halfway through the month of May. And, you know, football kicks off in August. So, normally this time of year, you're, you're full blast. I mean, even at the high school level, like you said, everything's planned to open up June 1st. They're behind. Um, so, it's just going to be just getting out there as quickly as you can. Live right now with the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. Of course, uh, Jay, you, you've got a little bit of connections up there in that Woodland area up in St. George. And, uh, you know, I always uh, – I think Woodland's got one of the coolest logos, by the way. I don't know uh, – you know, how much you guys market it because, you know, there's certain logos like the star of Dallas if you're a Cowboys fan. I'm a Packers fan, but I know it sells a lot. And I know uh, the Texas Longhorns, they sell a lot. But how about that logo up there at Woodland, man? Uh, do you guys, do you, when you print out those shirts, man, is it hard to keep them and hard to keep everything together? Even with the youth program, that's kind of labeled the same way, man. I mean, how many – it can't be too hard to sell a shirt like that because it looks very similar to Wu-Tang, of course, uh, a, a good group that you and I grew up with, right? Right. Uh, well, a lot of these kids, they don't know about Wu-Tang. That's way before their time. But, uh, yeah, it is a very cool logo. Uh, we have great parent support with the program. So, you know, uh, so as parents getting shirts and things with, uh, you know, the logo and their child's number or children's number, if they have multiple playing, I mean, they, they go fast. Uh, Screen East has been a good partner to us um, as far as getting those uh, parent shirts and sister shirts and aunts and grandmas and all of those done for us throughout the years. Uh, so it's been, it, it, the logo is very nice and we get a lot of support uh, for these young men. Yeah. I know coach cyber, the athletic director up there, man, he and I joke around a lot. That might be the happiest athletic director I ever talked to on a regular basis. He's never, now you probably see him in a different light, but Cyber's always, <laughs> uh, he's always ready to roll, man. I mean, that guy's always winning. I'm like, man, I don't know what you eat in the morning or, or what happens throughout your day, but you got to give it, to, you know, give me that recipe. But uh, let's talk about high school football with you, because I know that's also something close to your heart. What's your thought process on the high school league, man? I know you're in contact with a lot of these guys because of the factor that you're the feeding program. Let's be honest, because of the factor that it looks like middle school ball is what it used to be, and now there's going to be, you know, the C team and the B team and then JV and varsity. So you guys are going to be feeding into that that C team program now, uh, and I know you also have your hands around the Woodland uh, team as well up there on the high school level. But your thoughts on the upcoming season, you think we start on time and you think that this thing kind of gets going and we get all the games in, or do you think it's kind of a shortened schedule? Oh, uh, well, I honestly believe if school starts on time, then the season will probably start on time. If they are going around the high school with two, 3,000 kids, and depending on which high school you're in, I, I don't see why 22 kids on a football field would prohibit that if we're in school. Um, 
But as far as the upcoming season, if it goes as planned, I think it will be great. I think the move to go away from middle school ball and go back to the C team and B teams and JV and varsity on up is a great move for these kids. Uh, a lot of the middle schools, especially in Dorchester County, they were splitting the kids as far as you may play for this middle school, but half of these kids will go to one high school and half will go to the next. Well, you're eliminating that now, and you're getting these kids together from us at the youth with the feeder programs all throughout now their high school programs from six, seven years old until they're graduating at 18 now. You don't have that two- to three-year well, one to two year gap with middle school ball anymore because playing for their respective high schools now. So I think that was a great move by South Carolina to go back to that format. Yeah, no doubt. As we're live with Jay Williams, he is the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We partnered with these guys about a month ago to where we'll be broadcasting their game of the week. We're also going to be part of their championship weekend. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And we got uh, all eyes and ears on this young group of men and women because the cheerleaders are going to be doing their thing on the sideline where the fellas are doing their thing and maybe a few ladies on the field. I, look, I'm not dogging. I think some of these girls can hit as hard as some of the guys do. I've seen all so many times, uh, you know, a couple of guys getting laid out by the ladies and they uh, take that helmet off. Here comes the hair and you're just like, whoa, okay, well, she hits harder than my best friend. So we'll see how that <laughs> works out. Now, how much do you see of that, Jay? I mean, uh, you know, kind of a, a little segue there. Do you see a couple of the ladies that have come in? Because I know there was a young lady that kicked the football uh, for, I think it was West Ashley, they beat Somerville a few years ago. Um, what's, your, what's your take on that? And, and how much have you seen, you know, the young ladies coming in and trying to play, you know, are playing the game? My take on that is if these young ladies would like to play the game, let them play. Uh, I think it's great that um, – they want to mix it up with us. And I've seen it firsthand at Woodland this year. We had a female that kicked. She was our kicker this year right. as well. She kicked our extra points and our kickoffs, and she was tremendous throughout the whole season. So if these young females would love to play the game, allow them to. I mean, it's great. Like you said, uh, some of them go out there and hit harder than some of the young men. So it's a great thing to get them out there and participate. Cheer- I mean, cheerlead is not for everybody. We have males that cheerlead instead of play football. So right. vice versa. <laughs> you know, they don't want to cheerlead and they want to get on the gridiron. Let them come out and play. I agree with you. And I, I'm surprised we don't see more of the ladies come out, especially for field goal, because you see soccer is such a very big thing here in the uh, low country and around the, the state and around the country where these ladies can kick it. I mean, I see some of these goalies drain it for about 90 yards. And uh, that's setting still, just dropping it on their toe and just punting it way down the field. So uh, the other thing that I think that's really cool that you've done, Jay, with your, with your organization and with all of your other coaches is that you've incorporated, like you said, the feeder program to where these guys are starting at four, five, six years old, wearing the same color, the same jersey as the guys that they're going to go watch on Friday night, like be it Woodland, be it Ashley Ridge, Fort Dorchester, Somerville, or any other team. For the most part, they all have those teams. You know, what was was that kind of the, the thought process that it would incite them to come out to do what they do, to kind of, you know, like you see kids in their yards kind of watching football on Saturday and Sunday and then going out later in the afternoon and kind of playing that game? Yeah, that was definitely a thought process. Uh, growing up, you have someone that you look up to if you're playing a sport, whether it's a professional athlete, someone on the college level, but more so close to home is going to be your hometown high school team that these kids are going to look up to. A lot of them have older brothers that play on Friday night. Uh, so if you are a Woodland 
seven-year-old and you got a 15-year-old brother that's playing on Friday night, how cool it is that he gets to play on Friday night and you turn around on Saturday morning and you got on the same uniform as him. You're playing at the same field he's playing on. I mean, it, I mean that was the whole process, and that's what I know you said we're definitely going to work on this, getting this throughout the state. But that's the whole thought process of the entire league, so let's get this throughout the state. Um, the bigger states have been doing this for a long time. I mean, the Texas, the Floridas of the world, they've been doing this uh, with the feeder programs and the junior programs or whatever they may call it, but that's the whole excuse me, that's the whole dynamic and gist of it is that you want these kids in your feeder program and how I mean how great it is that these high school coaches get to see their talent even earlier now. Like they're it's right in their face. Like you know what you have coming up in a few years. So I think that's great. And who would have thought nicely you could have the same number as your brother or your cousin or whoever it is that you watch on Friday night, you see number five, you get number five, all of a sudden you become that same guy. I love it, man, and I wish they would do more of that. You know, that was the one thing about, you know, the season that you go now and look at some of the Satoma teams over there and, of course, during, the, during their season, I guess, during their, their weekly events, that they have these these different uniforms and I almost look like Mortal Kombat to some degree, but I love the fact of what you guys are doing. That's why we want to partner with you guys and continue to move forward. Now, before I get you out of here, uh, for those parents that are listening, what are the steps here as we open the gates here today and you hear the kids there in the background at your camp, but uh, what, what kind of advice do we have? Where can they go find information? And when is the first day of registration and practice and all that kind of fun stuff as the season gets closer now? Well, see, each program is, like, independently owned and operated in a sense. So registration and practice as far as first days or when registration will cut off will vary depending upon the program. But any information you may need, you can uh, follow the page at, on Facebook at FCYFA or um, our website is FCYFA20.com. Even if you can't find a particular team in your area, you can contact me directly. I can partner you with the team in your area. You just simply have to tell me where it is you live. We have teams in basically every area in the low country right now and most areas throughout the state. Um, so the biggest thing is going to be to find the organization in your area or, the, you know, the organization closest to you if we don't necessarily have a team in that area at this time and try to partner with that organization so you can get their information because, some people are closing registration earlier than others because, you know, they they want to make sure things are back in time or they may just have abundance of kids that's registering and they have to cut it off at a certain time. So everyone does registration a little differently. Uh, but uh, definitely those are the ways that you can get in touch uh, with us. And also on the Facebook page and the website, we have all teams listed and the areas that they're in program directors and their phone numbers so you can you know get that information just directly off of there but if not you can always contact me and i can direct you to uh the particular program in your area what's the best way to contact you buddy the easiest way i guess either twitter or maybe directly uh twitter facebook directly my phone number is all over facebook all over the website um so anyway my phone stays on me all the time so Whatever way is best for you to contact, email, anything. I, I respond pretty quickly to almost anything. Well, buddy, we appreciate all that you're doing, not only on and off, on the field, but off the field is where 
and uh, allowing us, Jay, to be a part of what you're doing, buddy. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of the day. And I'm going to reach out to you here in, in a few once I get off the air because I would like to catch up with you uh, over the weekend and try to get some uh, dates and some things kind of figured out because I want to make sure that we're ready to rock and roll and maybe we can catch up because, you know what, they've opened the restaurants. I figured we could find a spot somewhere here in Somerville and, uh, you know, let's talk a little business, buddy. How about it? That would be great, brother. So, yeah, whenever you finish up on the air or get a second, just reach out and we can set some things up. You got it, buddy. Jay, as always, man, I appreciate you. I'm glad you and your family are doing well, and we'll catch up here soon. And then again, next Thursday, 630, go ahead and pencil it in, dude. This is your time. This is your your opportunity to let's, uh, let's talk it up because it's time to go to work. We got some football to play, right? Yes, sir. I uh, will be back on the air Thursday at 630. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The commish is out. And just like that, he dropped a ton of knowledge, and he had a few kids in the background to bring the noise with him. Of course, uh, you can't you can't deny. To watch the young kids do it, man, they do it, and do it with all the heart, the energy, and the passion that you can only could draw up on a board. You can see it through any football field. But when you go watch these little guys, then the girls do their thing. Man, oh, man, is it just a whole different game on a uh, Saturday afternoon or Saturday night. We'll bring it to you live, the game of the week for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Down here in Charleston, we'll be right here on Southern Sports Central. So stay tuned, more information to come. Quick break, top of the hour. It's all coming up next because we're going to be joined by Kevin Billadu from Live 5 Sports. He's going to drop by for about 30 minutes. We'll talk high school. We'll talk college. we got a lot to do in about 30 minutes of time, guys. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove to soothe the move romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because this is summertime But back then I didn't really know what it was But now I see what happened is The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot and girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes she turn around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. And with a pen and pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime.
the court yet. Hustle to the mall to get me a short set. Yeah, I got on sneaks, but I need a new pair. Cause basketball courts in the summer got girls there. The temperature's about 88. Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friends as y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kissed. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill could spark up nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six o'clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. It's time to cruise, so you go to the summertime hangout. It looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine. Fresh from the barbershop, applies in the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing. Chilling in the car, they spent all day waxing. Leaning to the side, but you can't speed through. Two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness. And this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Allman. This is Southern Sports Central. Of course, uh, we have had a solid hour one with a couple of hot topics and a guest that covers the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Why not get the commissioner? The man in charge, Jay Williams, joined us at 630 for 30 solid minutes. And uh, you got all you needed to know. I tell you, if you don't know, reach out, ask us, follow us at Southern Sports Central on Facebook, at SO Sports Central on Twitter. And we'll get you all the information that you got to get to. Now, hour two, we're going to start strong right here on the Tent Farm Hotlines with the one and only Kevin Villa. Do what's up, Kev? How you doing, brother? Another beautiful day. It is beautiful, man. We are so spoiled. It is. I can only imagine what it's going to be, the complaining, and people are going to start saying, oh, my God, it's too hot, or we get a rainy day, it's going to melt us. It's going to be an awful thing. But it has been just on point, your guys over the weather team, man, give them a that a boy, a, a virtual high five. Have you guys made it back into the studio? And if not, when's that day? Are you guys going to get back to the new normal? No, you know, we've got a couple people in the studio. Normally uh, one to two news anchors and one weather person is there right now as far as on-air people. But that's it right now. Everyone else is still working from home. I've been home since uh, second week of March, basically. Uh, as far as when we go back, we, we still don't know. You know, we, we heard from our ownership uh earlier this week and they said possibly late june it's looking more like july right now so you know we're hunkering down we got at least another you know five six weeks of this to go so how about that to-do list man i mean have you gotten it done or is 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 the other half keep adding to it man (laughs) yeah it seems like every time i put a dent in it you know i go mow the lawn or the weeds or something and i come back and there's 10 things more on it so i don't i I feel like I, i just can't win yeah, no doubt. We're live with Kevin Billadou. He's the man with the plan, and he checks in with us on a regular basis, at least once a week. We may get him twice a week, as he, of course, is the sports director and a journalist for Live 5 News. 
you know, uh, he's an alumni of uh, Harvard, University of Harvard as well over there. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that. Yeah, kind of yeah sure. Let's, let's to kind of get into. I mean, Harvard did get a lot of love. But we, we could do that here because we got 30 minutes to kind of give and, and get a little bit. But, uh, you know, the biggest news that I want to kind of get out here, two things happened in the last couple of days, and they both deal with uh, coaches in, uh, in our community. One coach that passed away, Coach Nate, passed away over at Oceanside. I know there's about uh, maybe 16 or so guys and girls possibly that are meeting right now and have met this afternoon kind of a, a, a gathering of remembering uh, who he is right. and what he's left behind and all the great things. I mean, what a great guy. He was with us about a month ago and interviewed maybe about three weeks ago and, and gave us probably one of the, one of my favorite interviews. He was so humble. Didn't want to talk much about himself, which that's, that's coach Nate from what I've always heard. So it was my first hello. And unfortunately my last goodbye, all that one interview, but uh, you know, you guys did a great job covering that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And, and you've had a chance to talk to him. Tell us your thoughts, and, and I'll kind of let you indulge a little bit more about Coach Nate and, and who he was here in the community. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't have much interaction with him. I, I did talk to him a couple times, you know, very briefly when I would go out for Oceanside practice. But I know, you know, from talking to Chad Greer, who you know, of course, was the head coach over there for a few seasons before he just left a few weeks ago. Uh, he, he held that coach in, in the highest regard of, of anyone that, you know, that you possibly could. He just said great things about him. I know all the kids were, were just on board with that guy from the start and they're all devastated by this. So it, it's, it, it's definitely hard to deal with, you know, especially when you're talking about high school kids dealing with the loss of someone that they're close with and, you know, someone that they see on a day-to-day basis, it, it's difficult for them to deal with. It, it's a, it's a loss for the Oceanside community. I know. And, and, you know, it's going to be tough for them to get past, but they're going to do it. They're, they're a strong group. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, of course, not too far away from that school, you've got that other school, Wando, where, you know, it's the number – it's the largest school in the state of South Carolina. They just announced uh, – I believe it was yesterday – another great job by you and your group over there at Live 5 News and the sports department with uh, Coach uh, Bob Hayes. He's the athletic director. He was a coach for the football program for a long time. He's done a lot of great things in the community, and uh, they kind of – it sounds like honor him and name that District 2 stadium. The field will be named after him. I guess uh, it will be called Bob Hayes Field, which is uh, well-deserved, which I put on our social media yesterday. Man, I, yeah, he's, a, he's a five-star guy, and you hate to see not one but now two of our coaches that are dealing with uh, a very serious situation that with all this other stuff going around, these guys still have to get through their tougher days. Yeah, and, you, you know, Bob Hayes has been through this before, uh, dealing with health problems. If there's anyone I would bet on to kick this thing's butt, it would be Bob Hayes. He's one of the toughest guys I've met in the 15 plus years I've been in the Low Country. So, but yeah, like you said, it, it's a great honor for the. I know the uh, city of Charleston uh, school district. They they had the initial vote on that earlier this week. I believe that was on Monday night that they did the vote, and then the final vote's going to come in two weeks when things will be official and they'll name that district two field after Coach Hayes and. You know, I, I put that video up on Twitter yesterday. It, it's one of the biggest responses I've gotten, you know, since the pandemic started. And, you know, just tons of people saying how much this was deserved and how much they appreciated what Coach has done in his time. Got to Wando in 2000, coach football team for, for nine years. You know, he stepped down. He became the, the main athletic director. And even even after that, he still stayed on as an assistant coach for a long time under Jimmy Noonan over at Wando. And, and those kids and, and that, that community over at Wando just thinks the world of him. We're live right now with Kevin Billadu. He is our man with the plan, and he takes it from the TV here on the radio with us in Southern Sports Central, uh, a huge contributor 
to helping us get better and uh, definitely more educated around the low country, around the state of South Carolina in sports. And we'll cover some other stuff, too. He's a Patriots fan. That also is another topic we're going to get into <laughs> here in the next few weeks. But uh, let's stay with the high school stuff for just a little bit here. There's another stadium, and I've actually had a chance to go by two or three times here of late. And uh, very similar, I believe, concept that you see over at the stadium behind Wando High School is going to be this school, uh, the stadium in North Charleston. It looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot yeah. of work being done here. Are they going to look to play more than one high school? I think North Charleston lost their field because they're going to actually make that a, a building over there. But what are the plans, or do you know the plans that's going to be for this new stadium? Kind of educate those who may not know that it's almost but done. Yeah, it's actually going to be four schools that are going to share that field. So it's going to be North Charleston, like you said, uh, Academic Magnet, uh, Military Magnet, and Stahl. They're all going to share that field. So, you know, it, it's it's going to be so great for them. You know, you know, I don't know how much – how many games you've gone to over at, at some of these other fields. You know, North Charleston had a decent deal for a long time. They lost that right. because of the new school that's being built on top of that. Uh, Academic Magnet, they've been playing over at uh, Danny Jones Park in North Charleston for, for the longest time. Uh, Stahl plays over at, at the middle school up there by their high school. So that's not an ideal situation. And Military Magnet, I've, you know, I've always called them the nomads of the low country because they, they haven't had a home field ever since that team had a football team. So now everyone gets to share this field. It's a beautiful stadium. Justin Beagle uh, went down and checked it out. Uh, I believe it was last week. So you can go on social and find that story. But I know the coaches are so excited about this opportunity, you know, and, and it's not just football. We're talking soccer, lacrosse, you know, all these other sports, they're going to get the chance to use this field too. So, you know, just another great facility that's going in and it's just going to, it's going to help things out a lot for all these schools. Kevin, this is something that you're seeing. And, again, is, you go back to that school, or the, the District 2 stadium. Or is Wando going to share this with some of the other schools? I know there's now, what, one or two other schools that – I know Oceanside's in the process of building theirs, but I guess that's not an opportunity. That's kind of the Hatfield-McCoys between the two there. But, you know, <laughs> is this kind of the direction that Charleston County is leading to? Because we see this in Atlanta. You know, you see uh, the team yeah. that came in and played Somerville a couple of years ago, Cedar Grove, has – you know, one stadium, but they share it with seven other high schools. Is this kind of a, a money budget thing, or is this just something that they feel like they can do a lot more if they do it this way and make it a lot nicer? I, I, it is going to be shared. I, I think the new Lucy Beckham High School that's going into Mount Pleasant, they're going to share that District 2 stadium with Wando for most things, as far as I know. Uh, so, And it's just a great opportunity, you know. Like, like I said, you know, you can have all these schools playing on, on these smaller fields that, that's harder to keep up and – you know, they're not going to look as nice, or you can pull, pull all your money into one really nice stadium and all these schools share it. And now they get the chance to play on a state of the art field. And, you know, for the kids, that's, that's something they're going to remember for a long time. So it, it's going to cause some, you know, not problems, but there's going to be issues, you know, with scheduling down the road, I'm sure. But I think for the long run, sharing these stadiums between a bunch of schools, it's, it's the right way to go. No doubt about it. We're live with Kevin Villadu, kind of breaking down some things that are happening. And everybody said there's no sports. There's always something going on. Let's go up a little bit further to Dorchester County. Now, I had on here Sunday as I'm doing my campus tour 2020 around the low country and on Sundays, and we've had four Dorchester's principal, of course, their football coach slash athletic director joined us, Coach Pratt, And we talked a little bit about that new uh, aquatic center up there where these guys are going to have, I would think, if not the nicest, uh, you know, opportunity to swim on any given night, man. Have you had a chance to be around that and kind of talk a little bit about this new Dorchester 2 
or Dorchester County uh, opportunity that's going to kind of open up, I guess, and it will be uh, other opportunities that will bring some other events around the area as well. Yeah, I, I haven't been inside it yet, but, I, you know, I've driven past it. I've seen some pictures of the inside. It looks phenomenal from what I've seen. And, and like you said, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to bring that kind of stuff in. I know the city swim meet that's, that was supposed to be coming up in a few weeks was going to be held there for the first time. Of course, that had to be uh, postponed for this year. But, yeah, obviously the hope is you're going to bring in, you know, maybe more uh, high school events, you know, hopefully some college events maybe that, that you can have some swimming and, and diving opportunities over there. So, you know, a lot of money goes into this, and, you know, it's, it's not for – it's not without reason. They're hoping that, you know, as things get, you know, scheduled in a little bit more, they, they can start making money off of this from, from some of these high schools and the colleges. So, you know, another, another great facility going in right here in the area. Live right now with Kevin Villadu, sports director, journalist for Live 5 News over at the sports department, joining us here as he always does during the week, multiple times sometimes, of course, here on Southern Sports Central. So the news broke out. It looks like June 1st is the day. We're going to get some of that winter sports kind of kicking off here in a uh, what seems to be a very mild spring into summer. Uh, how do you think this thing transitions? It was the state of Georgia that released basically a calendar, if you will. That it looks like they're going to try to go full-fledged throughout the early part of July. And that, that kind of shocked me a little bit because the state of Georgia was one of the highest states around the country, but yet they're very eager to get back to the normal part, at least get back to some football. Kevin, your thoughts on that, and then your thoughts on how this transition goes and, and when you start to see, you know, uh, the football getting back to the weight room and into the campuses over around our high schools here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so tough to tell right now. You know, I'm one of these guys, I, I feel like a yo-yo every day just going back and forth. You know, one day I, I look at everything and I'm like, yeah, there's no reason we can't start on time and, and have a full season and fans will be there and there's, there's no problem. What's everyone worried about? And the next day I read one thing and I'm like, are we going to have any sports again this year? Is, is anything going to play? And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to go back and forth like that. But, you know, I, I would think from the coaches I've talked to, everyone seems to think that we're going to play some football this year. Now, whether we start on time you know, whether they start practice at the beginning of August and we get going with games in that third week of August, that's, that's tougher to say. I would, have to, I would venture a guess that we're going to probably start a little bit later, maybe middle of September, and, and, you know, have more of a shortened season and maybe teams just play their region and get that done with, and then you, then you go right to the playoffs so, so that you're finishing by that first, second week of December. You know, the other thing you got to worry about, like we always end up worrying about the last few years, is, is the tropical storms. And, you know, God forbid we get hit with one of those again this year and, and we lose another week or two of school and, you know, another week of the, of the high school football season. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But, you know, like I said, my guess is we're going to have something. It's just a matter of when they can start, when the kids can, can get back to training and practicing and, and, and getting ready for the season. Kevin, what do you think as far as you, you mentioned a little bit of college too, and college kind of dealing with the same thing. We've seen the Pac-12 kind of say they may start here, they may start there. There was a rumor mill about, you know, UCF, University of Southern Cal wasn't going to play Alabama in the opening game. Of course, it looked like the athletic director came out and he made the comment that, now we're going to play these guys. He's looking forward to meeting them, I think, in the state of Texas. It's something that they've all kind of looked forward to. Uh, your, your take on just everything when it comes to the college world, I, you can kind of wrap it all up in one because I did mention earlier in the broadcast that the Power Five commissioners kind of put down their weapons for a few, right, and, and became willing right. to talk to, you know, the big man in the NFL up there, of course, uh, and that commissioner. Your thoughts on just everything from 
NFL to college and how this thing starts to try to get going in the right direction. Yeah, I, I kind of tend to think that everyone's just kind of waiting and looking at what the NFL is going to do. And, you know, if they go on time and if, if they go full steam ahead, then I think it's more likely that the college game will do the same and then it'll trickle down to high school as well. But, you know, if the NFL gets, gets a little tense and, and they start to put things off and they delay the season, then I think you're going to trickle down the other way and everyone's going to put things off and, and delay and, and just wait to see what happens. So I think it's going to come down to what Goodell and, and the NFL owners decide they want to do. Now, I think the difference is, you know, in the NFL – you know, it, it's much more uh, based on, on the TV contracts as far as the money they're going to bring in. You know, the SEC, you know, they have a huge deal, obviously, in college football and the Power Five conferences have their own deals. But, you know, they're much more reliant on the fans coming in and, and need to make money that way. So, you know, I, I think they, they've got to take a good look at what they're going to do. You know, I know Ray Tanner talked a couple of weeks ago at South Carolina about, you know, the social distancing they've got planned and, you know, maybe taking in less people at williams Bryce if, if the season does start on time and, and they want to do it that way. But it's just, it's just so many variables up in the air. And, then, you know, like I said earlier, it, it seems like every day things change. And, you know, some days it, it's for the good and some days it's for the worse. And, you know, really we're just not going to know anything for, for another couple of months, it, it seems like. Yeah, you're exactly right. And the one thing that we are learning is that coaches move around in high school like they do in college. A couple of shocking yeah. things that kind of came out the last couple of days or last couple of weeks. Kenny Walker, he's heading over to Fort Worcester to coach with one of his closest friends, Coach LaPrad, uh, who joined us on Sunday. He talked about his position where he'll, I think, be on the defensive side, but he's coming in with that strength and conditioning. Of course, he coached with him on the wrestling format. Kenny Walker, very good at wrestling, but he's very good at Coaching football, it's not easy to coach at Ashley Ridge when you're going against the Summerfields and the Fort Dorchesters. It's kind of that trifecta there that they kind of all have their own thing. And then how about this one? I saw you broke this one out a couple hours ago where a guy that used to be, if I'm not mistaken, at Goose Creek, he's heading over to Stratford. I mean, man, I haven't seen this kind of movement since you saw that guy leave South Carolina and become a coach over Clemson. It's kind of one of those type of weeks, huh? (laughs) You know, it, it's funny, and I don't know if it's, I'm just noticing it more because of social media and that kind of stuff, but I never I never saw the head coaches when they would leave one school go to another school like this. You know, I, I remember uh, Fred Hamilton was the coach at West Ashley when I first got here in 2004, and he's been on the staff at, at Fort for, for a few years now under, under Steve LaPrade. But other than that, I never really saw these head coaches when they would step down, you know, go to other schools in the low country. But we're seeing that a lot more now. You mentioned Kenny Walker. Uh, you mentioned Chris Kander. Uh, he was the head coach at Goose Creek right after Chuck Reedy left for a few seasons. Uh, he's been at Ashton Ridge, actually, the last couple of years under Kenny Walker. Uh, I think he was coaching the linebackers over there, and now he's moving over right. to Stratford. Uh, another one, uh, Chris Collins, uh, who used to be the, the head coach up at Collin County, he got the job uh, as the defensive coordinator over at Ashton Ridge yesterday. So I think he's been uh, – was, was he at Somerville? or was He, he might have been at Stratford the last couple of years. So, uh, but yeah, we're seeing all these coaches move around now and, and former head coaches are, are sticking around in the low country and, and taking, you know, assistant jobs and coordinator jobs. So I, I think that's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's funny because you mentioned uh, Coach Collins, who was at, you know, like you mentioned up there in, in Walterboro, South Carolina, coaching uh, with the school there. He comes down here and now he's going to be the defensive coordinator under a very energetic, and I'm excited to see Coach Fiedler did his thing together over there because he has uh, strategically hired uh, a lot of coaches that seem to have their hands in between Somerville and Fort Dorchester, okay? It's all a game of chess when it comes 
to be in the head oh, yeah. coaches. Uh, and, and we're watching him. He's, he's evidently sat up at Walker Ball long enough and listened to us and listened to you and listened to anybody else. And he said, like, I'll take this guy from the middle school, this guy. And it, it's very interesting <laughs> to see some of his hires because trust and believe me, this guy's done his homework. Now, you mentioned Chris Collins. I believe he – I think he went to Somerville. I think he played for Coach McKissick, yeah. or he's got some connection there with, with, uh, with the legendary coach at Somerville because I see him saying, I'm coming home. And then everybody's like, yeah, welcome home. Well, kind of, sort of, because he's going to yeah. he's going to Ashley Ranch, which is not Somerville. <laughs> He'll get that address, but that's going to be about it. And they'll love him until that one game, that one night, yeah. uh, as you look through it. But, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Ashley Ridge a little bit. So, you, you see this is going to be the first time that they're not going to have that familiar last name sitting there as a quarterback. You know, we've been kind of spoiled with the Duncan boys, and they've done uh, yeah. their greatness there. They're both, of course, playing college football. One actually hit the portal, and now his – Beat him up to another territory. Of course, the other brother's heading north. So, Dad, I don't know where he's going to go and watch football because he's going he's to hit different time zones. But what is your take on this this Ashley Ridge situation, man? I kind of joked around about their coaching hires, man. But, you know, Shane, I think, done a good job. He's really kind of brought in different guys from different areas that have connections to a little bit of everybody here in the Lopez. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's a big deal. And, you know, like I said, Coach Collins – a guy I've, I've talked to before when he was at college, and I, I like him a lot. He's a really smart football guy. He can do a lot with that defense over there. But like I said, the biggest question is going to be the quarterback and who's going to take over that spot. They, like you said, the, the Duncan kids, Steven and, and Matt, they've been holding that position down at Ashley Ridge for the better part of a decade now. So uh, big question, who takes over that spot? Uh, a, lot, a lot of kids to make up for. A lot of kids leaving that program after this year. But, you know, I, I'm curious to see how he does it also. And, you know, we see so much movement now, a lot more movement than we used to see, you know, at, at the high school level from just the kids, you know, kids bouncing right. back and forth between schools and, you know, trying to find the best opportunity for them and, and where they can play the most. And, you know, having, having a young, energetic head coach like that, it, it, that's the kind of guy a lot of kids want to play for. So I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of talent is, is going to be at Ashley Ridge next year. Yeah, meanwhile, we talked earlier to Jay Williams. He's one of the coaches over there at Woodland up there in St. George. Now, their athletic director, Coach Cyber, I've never seen that guy not smile. He's got the most happy oh, personality I've ever been around. Do you think he's sitting up there in, in, in St. George at this five-star stadium, by the way, right? This stadium yep. is really nice. Going, man, look at all these changes. And yet, he's one of the only programs who didn't have a coaching change around the low country, right? Yeah, it certainly feels that way. I, this is – from what I remember, this has to be the, the most movement I've seen in my decade and a half here. You know, I think we had 11 or 12 coaching changes over the course of, of this offseason, and I, I just can't remember that much. Usually it's around the, you know, the five or six mark, but a lot of, lot of change here in the low country over the past couple of weeks, and, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a lot, to, you know, a lot of fun to see how it shakes out. But like you said, Woodland and that stadium, that, that thing – that's just the the lost jewel of everything in the low country. It's one of the best stadiums you've seen anywhere, but it's so far out there. Most people don't get a chance to see it, but if you get a chance, I would highly recommend it. And, and coach Ford did an amazing job with that team this past season. So, uh, you know, they, they lose a couple of high profile wide receivers. So, you know, they've got some talent to make up for this upcoming year, but, but excited to see what he can do with them. Live right now with Kevin Billadu joins us here for 30 minutes of uh, sports radio. He takes time off the TV over there at Live 5 News as he is the sports director for Live 5 Sports. As always, educating us and getting us up to running here. New coach over at Somerville. We talked briefly about him, but let's get a little detail here with Coach Rafferty. Of course, he played his days in Somerville under that legendary coach McKissick. 
then went to NC State, played a couple of uh, years or a handful of years there in the NFL, a couple of different teams, comes back for over, what, 10 years. I think he was the right-hand yeah. man for Coach, uh, you know, Coach LaPratt over there. And, uh, you know, Coach LaPratt spoke highly of him on Sunday night, and I expected him to. I mean, you get a chance to go back to your alumni to, to do some things. You never think that job is going to open if any job opens. Of course, once Coach Call took it, we kind of evolved off that maybe this was – it was it, man. For the next 200 yeah. years, it's going to be somebody in the McKissick family, you know, kind of running this thing. But he comes in here, and, and you've already seen some things. You've seen it looks like they've gone from the as one. They've got a new slogan, it looks like, kind of coming out through their social media. Will uh, Kitty over there with uh, Way Sports Media, I have a chance to work closely with him. He's one of the great ones, man. He does a great job with yeah. uh, all his pictures and things. But, yeah, what's your take on this hire, and, and what are you most interested in? And what's one of your, uh, I guess, most exciting things that you look forward to this Somerville Green Wave team coming with a whole new look possibly uh, across the board? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, as soon as the news came down that they'd hired him, obviously the first call I made was, was Steve LaPrade. And you mentioned what he said this past week on your show, but I can tell you when I talked to him, I think he was on the golf course, and he stepped aside to talk to me <laughs> for just a minute. And he could not have been more excited for Coach Rafferty to get this chance, and he could not have spoken more highly about him and, and what he can do with, the, with this Somerville job. So if Steve LaPrade is, is saying that many good things about this guy, then then I'm in, I, you know, I'm ready to see what he can do. And, you know, I, I hold Steve in, in the highest regard of, of coaches here in the low country. So, you know, I, I'm excited to see what coach Rafferty does. And, and like you said, he's changing things around and, and that's normal when you, you know, you got a new coach in there. He wants to put his stamp on things and, and, you know, make sure that everyone knows this is his program now. So, you know, it's, it's still big shoes to fill. You know, the saying is always, you don't want to be the guy to replace the guy. You want to be the guy to replace right. the guy who replaced the guy. And, but, you know, even, even Joe, you know, he, he, he held some big shoes over there to, to fill over at Summerville and he, you know, he filled his grandfather's shoes, but he left his mark on that program as well in, in just a couple of seasons. So coach Rafferty's got a lot to do, but like I said, if, if Steve LaPrade has sold him this guy, that's good enough for me. Yeah, no doubt. Now we talked to coach LaPrade. He called it the LaPrade resort is what the, uh, the, the kids call it. I call it the combine. <laughs> Nevertheless, he's sitting by the pool and he's, talking to us for 30 minutes. You know, Coach doesn't talk a lot, but we got yeah. him in here for 30 minutes, and he, I don't think he was ready to go when we cut him, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's always good to get Coach. He's one of the last of the Mohicans when it comes to being a coach and an athletic director. I know at Oceanside their yeah. soccer coach is also their athletic director, but you don't see that much anymore. Uh, and, again, what's your thoughts on that, though? Do you, do you like it, this transition where you see athletic directors are more administrators, or would you like to see a coach being an athletic director? Because Coach LaPrade said that it's good to be a coach and be an athletic director because you still have your hand, at least in a sport. It might not be football, but at least you kind of in the middle right. of what's happening. Yeah, I, I mean, th there's good and bad to it both ways. You know, it, you know, I'm sure for the football coaches, they'd like to have more of a say at times, but it's also good to, to not have to worry about everything else. You know, the, you know, people think the athletic director, even if it's, a, if it's, especially if it's a football coach, they're just dealing with, you know, their schedule and everything they have to do, but people forget you're, you're making the schedules for everything at the high school level. You know, this isn't like the college where at the college level where, you know, you're expecting your coaches to kind of go and make their own schedules, but you're doing everything at the high school level. You'll make it schedules and you're scheduling the buses to, to take the kids to the game. So, it's a lot to deal with. And, you know, there's, there's so much pressure at most of the, especially the big schools to, to win at the football level that, you know, I'm sure most of these coaches don't mind the chance to just get a, get a chance to concentrate on football and not have to worry about everything else. 
Yeah, I would imagine as well. And again, I know I have firsthand working with, uh, you know, the, the athletic director over at Somerville, uh, Coach Rutherford. He's my boss during the Friday nights and a lot of times during the, the season. You know, we do a lot of stuff here at Southern Sports Central, but I do my own work over there individually with those guys and girls. And it's, an, it's, such, a, it's such a cool thing to watch. And I always tell these kids as they graduate, you know, we get to see you as a young, you know, energetic kid and we graduate you as a young man or a young woman and then you forget all about it and we got to start over again. And again, yeah. that's what coaches, athletic directors do, and you get to do. You know, you, you get to do this as well, Kevin, where you've seen so many, you know, of these young athletes. What's been kind of your biggest surprise as you've had a chance to kind of reflect a lot during this time as uh, your time here in Charleston? You've watched a lot of young athletes, but, you know, you get to, you know, Big John, of course, he gets that opportunity. He gets drafted. Uh, Mr. Kenlaw over there at Goose Creek, he gets mentioned. You got Berkeley gets a guy, gets drafted. Well, what was your biggest so far at this point, some of your biggest headlines that you've had to kind of, sit back and, and, and tell these stories from your own couch on the news this time. Yeah. I, I think having two guys go in the draft, you know, a couple of local guys, like you said, Javon Kinlaw from Goose Creek going in the top 15 of the NFL draft and John Simpson going early on in that, on that fourth round on that Saturday of the draft, you know, seeing guys like that getting a chance to live out their dreams and, you know, especially guys that we've covered since they were, you know, at the high school level and we see them go all the way through college and now get this chance at the pro level. That's, that's been really cool to see. And, you know, other than that, you know, we're just trying to focus on other stories right now. There's, there's just, you know, there's, there's not much going on, but there's still stories to be told. And we've got a couple of good ones coming up the next couple of days on live five that Justin Beagle is going to be telling. So be sure to tune in for that. I'm excited to tell these, these stories over the next couple of days, but, but yeah, you know, like you said, the NFL draft has really been the biggest thing we've seen since, we've all kind of been home so so really that's that's the biggest one is, is seeing Javon and John go go to that next level and the final thing I'm going to get your question on here uh, you're a big wrestling guy you and I kind of we have this yeah. where we like the wrestling more in the 90s I get you know, you've got a chance to interview some big wrestlers man I see Stone Cold with you of course some other wrestlers yep. uh what's your what's your love and passion for wrestling and then it kind of finish talking a little about my son who's nine years old Mason getting ready to turn 10 we watched this new wrestling last night on TNT it seemed like and I didn't know Arn Anderson still wrestled and I guess he's going to be wrestling against Jake the Snake <laughs> and uh, that's, that's kind of been interesting in itself because I thought these these red wheelchairs they're, they're pretty old but uh, your thoughts on wrestling back then to where it is now and, and how you see here comes another opportunity wrestling program trying to keep up with the McMahon's yeah, I mean, I've been a fan since I was five years old. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, my the first show I saw was the first WrestleMania. It was a, a tape that my uncle brought to my house on Christmas Day, and it was it was a boxing match. It was uh, Hagler-Hearns, and it was a fight that my dad wanted to see, so we brought the tape over for my dad, and after the Hagler-Hearns fight was the first WrestleMania. And I watched that thing every week, you know, for probably about a year and a half. I, I was so all about that WrestleMania. So I, I watched that nonstop, and then I've just been on, on board ever since. And I actually – I don't know if I ever told you this. I actually interned with the WWF when I was in college. It was still the WWF back oh, wow. then. So, yeah, I spent a summer working there, and, you know, just – I got to go backstage a couple times. and just, just a blast, you know. Got to got to meet most of the guys. So that, that was a, an amazing summer. And, you know, since then, you know, I've, I've always been a fan, but now I'm, I'm also a fan of, of the work they do you know, behind the scenes and, you know, just seeing all the technical work that goes into it. And, you know, they are the, they are as sharp eyed on everything that I've ever seen as part. Like they take care of every little detail that you can imagine. Like the, 
one of the stories I remember from when I was working there was, you know, somebody told me, hey, go cut a, a quick tease of, of uh, Chris Jericho. And they're like, go do this real quick. Just find some video of him and, and cut a tease for one of the shows. So I go and do that. And, you know, I cut it and I, I bring it back to the, to, the, to the boss. And they look at it and they're like, ah, this isn't going to work. I was like, oh, well, what's wrong with it? They're like, well, Jericho's hair is different now. You know, he changed it a week ago. So this, this shot doesn't work. And I was like, wow. You know, just like we're being that <laughs> particular about little – and they're like, yeah, see, like see this piece of hair? It's sticking up. It doesn't do that anymore. So we can't use this shot. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. So they they are on top of things like like no place I've ever been. So I just have so much respect for the work they do. And one of my best friends from college right now is, is working there as well. So just just a, a huge fan of the production work they do as well. And, you know, I, I watched the other one, the AEW as well. I watched that on Wednesday nights and, you know, it's just good. You know, I'm still a WWF fan. I always will be a WWE fan now, but uh, it, it's always good to have, you know, more of it out there, you know, so more guys can get jobs and, you know, turn into better wrestlers. And then hopefully they go to WWE and, and they, you know, get a chance to work at WrestleMania and something like that. So I'm just, I'm just a fan of the, the, the product as a whole. So it's, you know, been, like I said, since I was about four or five years old, just, just a huge fan. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, Kevin, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, right now, for you guys to have to put something together on the TV for us to keep us involved in and kind of keep us all together. I thought we were going to watch a lot of uh, cornhole and a lot of just uh, (laughs) intramural sports and front yards. But you guys have uh, either, A, thanks to these coaches and they're moving around and the draft and a few other things, you know, it's made its work. But you guys have done an incredible job keeping us entertained, keeping us educated. And like I said, Anybody ought to be able to go once some of these uh, trivia nights kick up. Everybody ought to be a genius at trivia night coming out now, right? Oh, jeez. Are you kidding? That's between that and just <laughs> watching movies. There, there should be nothing left on the Netflix queue by the time this is done. No doubt about it. Kev, so real quick before we get you out of here, we always want to give you a chance to give you guys a plug and give you an opportunity to find you on social media and your buddy over there that helps you guys do such a five-star piece of work day in and day out but uh, how do they find you how do they keep up with you and what's coming up tonight on the uh, on the world of sports yeah it's just at kevin live five on twitter and instagram and kevin billadu live five news on on facebook and go to our website it's live five news.com and you know we'll have everything up there you know uh geez what did we do tonight you know oh obviously the big thing here right now is darlington you know nascar getting yeah. back to it this sunday uh i was i was on a conference call a zoom call actually with ryan newman earlier today and, uh, you know, he was part of that horrific wreck in, in Daytona back in February. He's back on the track for the first time this, this weekend at Darlington. So you can hear what he has to say about getting back to that. And uh, like we said, all kinds of movement going on here in the low country. So we'll be talking about that tonight at 11. Hey, man, as always, uh, do me a favor, by the way. Tell, tell Bill Sharp, our buddy over here, that uh, we said hello because we always uh, – we really appreciate you connecting us with him the other night. That was uh, a couple weeks back. That was a lot of fun. But – uh, let's do it again, man. Uh, I'd like to get you in here, if not once a week, twice a week, and let's just kind of chalk it up a little bit. And if I can get you for, heck, and even an hour, man, you can, you can help, you know, do a show with me. I'd love to have a chance to kind of give you, you know, an opportunity to just hang out. You can come up with a topic, and I'll answer your questions. That'd be a lot of fun to play the other side of the coin, huh? We can do that, man. You name the time. You got it, buddy. Kev, thanks very much. God bless you. Tell your family we said hello, and we'll catch up soon. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the man with the plan. He's the one and only Kevin Milladu, sports director, sports, uh, well, everything here on Channel 5, uh, very old, Live 5 News. He's the uh, sports director for Live 5 Sports. He checks in with us periodically throughout the weeks, and he's been busy, even though it's interesting. They say there's no sports 
Not so fast, my friend. There's a lot of sports. There's always something to happen to talk about. We're going to take a quick break. Quickly, we're going to give some love to the Tent Farm. If you want to find the Tent Farm, you can do that at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston, right here in South Carolina, 843-297-4131. They're on the web at tentfarm.com. Here's a little live commercial from these guys. We'll be right back because we're heading to Saluda. Back to Saluda we go, where we'll check in with the one and only Mr. Brian Vecchio. We've got a lot to talk about with this guy. We'll be right back, guys. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Alba. This segment brought to you by our friends over the Tent Farm. Make sure you need a shade. Yeah, well, reach out to Jonathan and the fellas over there and the ladies, and they'll take care of you from anything from your business to your car to your home. They got you. They'll definitely get you ready for the hot summer that we think is around the corner. We'll wait and see. But one man that has been doing some great things and keeping us hot over here on Southern Sports Central is Brian Vacchio. Of course, he does a lot of things for the University of South Carolina. He is with the Firefly, so he does some baseball stuff as well. And, of course, can't forget about his love of Saluda. Yeah, Saluda's very <laughs> own uh, Mr. Brian Vacchio. He's a DJ. He's a prom host. I mean, Brian, have you invented anything new since last time we talked on Tuesday? No, I can't say I have. I um, I tell you what, I think my right now that now that we're in the middle of May, because you know my my primary line of work is that I am a school counselor, uh, working at Saluda High School. Right now, my my attention is focused on making sure I get 135 seniors graduated on May 29th. So uh, I can't say that I've invented anything since Tuesday night, but come June. You just never know. Something might be up my sleeve. <laughs> no doubt about it. We're live with the man who's making things happen. I mean, he has uh, gone coast to coast <laughs> with prom 2020 here. And uh, and it's been a lot of fun getting a chance to know you. Of course, we have some common friends that have kind of made this thing happen. Bulldog Burke, of course, Will, who uh, is part of the family here as well on Southern Sports Central. You guys are familiar with Mr. Will himself. But uh, when you oh, start to look right. at 135 seniors, how many total students are in Saluda High School? We usually hover right at about 600. So it's good size for a small community, uh, rural county. Uh, we're, we're the only high school that we have in Saluda County. So, you know, it's definitely a hub for athletics. It's, hub, it's a hub for our community from a social standpoint. You know, this, this whole situation that's kind of driven us to our, to our homes, it's, it's been really tough. But at the same time, you know, just, you know, obviously um, talking up Saluda just a little bit more. Obviously, we had a state championship football uh, event last week where all the kids got their championship rings. Granted, it was uh, it kind of looked more like a drive-in movie theater because everybody was uh, 
you know, sitting in their cars as their names were announced, and they were able to get out of their cars and come grab their ring. So obviously it looked a lot different. But even in these crazy times, you know, going back to the state championship, uh, things, uh, you know, great things, very, you know, tragic circumstances too. Uh, I, you know, I really think that the, the community bond here in Salute is really strong. No doubt about it. You know, we talked a lot about sports with you before, but I do want to kind of get you to continue to wear this counseling hat here because there's a lot of things happening right now, and we have not had, and let's go ahead, let me check that box. We now have had a counselor on the air for the first time, and actually that was Tuesday and Thursday, so you did invent something. Look at you. Didn't even know it. And because uh, we've That's had right. principals and, you know, we've had coaches, athletic directors, and now a counselor comes in. How hard has it been for you guys? I mean, you talked about getting 135 seniors to graduate. Not all of them are athletes, but some of them are. And I would think in a small school, most of them are. But that being said, you know, how hard has it been and, and how much have they leaned on you to make sure that they're eligible not only to go to college, but some of these kids who are a little bit worried about getting eligible and being ready to play the sport that they've already either committed to or they're looking to commit to here shortly. That's right. Um, uh, has it been difficult? Yeah, uh, there's absolutely been challenges, you know, but we want to do everything we possibly can, and we use technology a great deal. Um, you know, in a small town, you know, I'm, I'm, I am a brand-new Saluda resident. Um, so um, now that I'm a resident, and obviously I see faces um, around town a lot more frequently than I once did, so now more and more people are getting my cell phone number, so it's easier to contact me. It doesn't necessarily have to be an email. Sometimes I'll even get a text from a parent or a student. Um, you know, the biggest thing is just trying to keep people informed um, about what's going on because, you know, we are dealing with something that we've never had to deal with before. So with that comes a ton of questions, you know, even just what graduation is going to look like. You know, we're, we're blessed. Dr. Harvey Livingston, you know, in, in his ultimate wisdom, decided that we need to have a graduation, that we put it, we're putting it in our football stadium this year. And I, I know that that created some cheers around our community because we want you – know, a month earlier, we didn't even know if we were going to have a graduation ceremony of any sort. And I know in places around the country, you know, they've started uh, resorting to, to virtual events or virtual ceremonies. And, you know, obviously it takes a lot away from that experience of being able to walk across the stage and, um, you know, and, and, and grab your diploma, obviously. It just looks a lot different when you're not able to do that. And, you know – Kids are in school 12, 13 years, their parents supporting them the whole entire way. You know, that's, that's tough on families when you think you're there and you're at the finish line and all of a sudden you're being told that you're not going to be able to do that. So, you know, it's really tough on a lot of these kids. Um, it's tough on the teachers. You know, you, you create amazing relationships with these kids throughout the year and then all of a sudden we're told that we're going home. Uh, you know, and a month, month and a half later, we're, we're finding out that we're not even coming back. You know, so – the learning has to continue, so we're creating ways in real time to, to making sure that kids are able to learn in this crazy, uncertain time and, and still being able to do the best they can to put out high-quality work that learning is, is going on. Um, so hats off to teachers, to, to educators everywhere from, from K-12, uh, just so many things had to be done that never had – there's no manual on what we dealt with this year. But yet everybody was up to the task, um, you know, and like I said, props to Saluda County, but 
you know, we all see what everyone else is doing around, you know, around the state and around the country. And I just, I just think some amazing things have taken place this year with respect to education. Um, you know, like I said, our, our school leaders have been right there leading the charge and everybody's listening and everybody's doing their part. It's, it's, it's been pretty amazing to watch. Uh, so I, I do have to say that, but, you know, as far as, as far as my job in the counseling office, um, especially trying to get seniors finished up. Biggest thing is I'm trying to in- keep them informed. I'm trying to keep parents informed. At the same time, you know, we're dealing with some craziness. And, and you know what? It might be impacting some of our families. Well, you know, I want to make sure that we're available for someone to talk to. You know, I've had text conversations with students. So I've had email conversations with students. I make it known to, to the teachers that I said, please, if you see anything, in a student's writing or in a conversation you're having with them, whether it's on Zoom or Google Hangouts. You know, like I said, a lot of, a lot of things that are going on right now are technology-driven. So any conversations you're having where you think the kid's out of sorts, please let us know. Um, you know, we have a small staff in our counseling office, but at the same time, you know, we've been very proactive making sure that, you know, our kids keep going because, like I said, it, I, I, it bears repeating it. It's a crazy time that we're dealing with. It's it's unprecedented. We've never had this. We've never seen this in our lifetime. So, to making sure that everyone is still being able to function on a daily basis, not you know not just learn but function. You know it. it you know it's a it's a legitimate concern, and we're just trying to make sure that everyone is going to the best of their ability. We're live right now in Saluda. He stands and monitors and manages and does a little bit of everything in Saluda, South Carolina up there. We're going to get that information exactly where Saluda is. Of course, we're live right now with Mr. Brian Vacchio, who joined us on Tuesday night to wrap up our travel around as we landed on the campus of Saluda and joined by four or five baseball players and some coaches and uh, man, it was quite the trip and a lot of positive has come out of that just to hear these young people and what they do. Now, Brian, kind of give us for those who don't know where Saluda is, you mentioned it's a small town USA. And uh, I used to think we thought they would be known for barbecue, but uh, we heard from your, your, your quarterback there. He says, we got to try the Japanese joint. It used to be the huddle house, but where is Saluda high school? (laughs) Well, as the bird flies, it's about an hour west of Columbia. Um, we are about, you know, if you're if you're heading out 378 and you're going down the south side of Lake Murray, you just continue down 378. Um, there is a rather famous traffic circle that most people hit when they're leaving Lexington on their way into Saluda County. Um, that is essentially known as the Saluda traffic circle. You're not quite to the town of Saluda just yet. You still have about another 14 miles to go. Uh, on the other side of that circle, but that that brings us to the small town of Saluda, and uh, you know our campus, our Saluda High School campus is only about 20 years old. The brand new building that they built at the beginning of the century, um, it was up and ready to go in 2000, uh, 2001, as a matter of fact. And uh, it's just right on the outskirts of town. Uh, it's a great little town. We've got a little bit of everything there, and uh, you know we, it's funny because I remember Noah Bell in the. Uh, in the um, press conference leading up to the championship game when we were going to face in Barnwell, you know, we were talking about, well, what does this town have or that have, you know, Barnwell was toting the fact that they had a Walmart. Well, we don't have a Walmart, <laughs> but Noah Bell made it quite certain. Everyone knew that we had a Bilo. So, <laughs> so we, we have a Bilo. <laughs> oh yeah. I had to chuckle when I heard that when I was watching the press conference. Cause I was like, yeah, that's about it. There we go. <laughs> 
but uh, but um, but hey, you know, like I said, it's a it's a small town, but very tight knit. Got a lot of great things going on. Uh, we've a, a lot of looking out for one another. It's been pretty neat. I know some of the things we talked about a little bit on Tuesday night, where you know what, how I DJ on the side. Uh, you know, I've been doing these online proms on Saturday nights for for uh, high schools that have had their proms canceled, and so I've been obviously talking it up quite a bit on my social media footprint. And uh, you know, the word got out there. Real, you know, I think to a decent degree. But I had I had some of my neighbors, some of my coworkers in Saluda. They decided they wanted to drive up in the driveway and they just wanted to watch what I was doing for three hours every Saturday night. And that was really cool. You know, everyone <laughs> stayed everyone stayed socially distant. You know, everyone was respecting. Every, you know, we we had a state newspaper reporter wanted to come out and take some pictures. Well, you know, the people that were actually out there to watch me, they had their masks on. You know, it's just um, like I said, it's just it's a really neat place to be able to to work and, and live, uh, you know, I just, I can't, I keep saying it's the best kept secret uh, out there. And that's, that's kind of like my common hashtag right now, because I mean, like I said, there's just so many things to love about it. No doubt about it. We're right now live with Brian Vacchio. He is a counselor over at Saluda. He plays multiple roles around the state of South Carolina. The other thing, I do want to talk to you about this Firefly gig before we get you out of here in about 15 oh, minutes. Sure. But uh, I, I think that's great because here we go. Baseball talking about getting back up. Let's talk baseball. We haven't done much of that on the show. And when I get a baseball guy, I like to do this because that's something that I played as well as football. But it looks like right. we're going to get back to that. Do you really feel, in your heart, do you feel like they're going to really bring back minor leagues or you think this is one of those things that they're really trying to really make sure that they, 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 they handle and make sure that they survive the major league sports where they worry about the minor league sports? Well, I think minor league is just, I mean, it's an integral part of the entire system because without player development, you're not going to have a major league uh, baseball. And it's, you know, it's just my sneaking suspicion that, you know, as as important as it is for MLB to come back, I mean, minor leagues, I mean, really ultimately, I mean, that is the heartbeat of America. You know, these minor league teams in these smaller towns, um, the tremendous entertainment they provide for families, for kids, uh, little ones, you know, being able to get to a ball game. Because, I mean, there's just – there's just it screams America to me. I mean, I, I love multiple sports, but when you just think about a very American game, I, you know, obviously a lot of people will debate football, but I just think baseball is just one of the greatest games out there. And, um, you know, just – within my inner circles and just, you know, we've chatted here and there and we saw a tweet a couple of weeks back where they were saying they were going to shut it down for the year. And, you know, and then, so I, I, I placed a phone call to my people at the fireflies. It's like, no, that was an erroneous report. We don't know where it came from. Minor league baseball put out a statement today. I said, all right, well, good. Because I'm, I want hope that there is going to be a season. What that's going to look right. like. I really don't, I really don't know what that's going to look like. Um, Again, in my heart of hearts, deep down in my craw, how amazing would it be? And I really think, you know, that there's a legitimate shot that this could happen, that we could have baseball back by the 4th of July. I mean, how, how amazing would that be with the year that we've had? Um, just to, to, to have that happen, especially at that, at that time, because there's nothing more American than baseball. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, I want to a baseball I... game on July 4th. That, that is my thing. Right. You know, as long as I'm, I'm able to do that, I'm good. 
Um, and, you know, I really think that there's a legitimate chance that that could happen this year. Well, they do say America's pastime is baseball. It's one of the oldest games that we know, and it's one of the games that anywhere it's never changed. You know, they call football different in other places. It's not the same as the sport in America. Well, baseball is baseball. Sure. It doesn't matter where you play it, how long has it been around, the history that's behind it. Anybody who's played on any other sport has all but tried to come in. You've seen Michael Jordan. You've seen Tim Tebow. You've seen some of the great ones try to come into this game and try to handle the game of baseball and have all struggled. Sure, they've had a whole run. Right. Sure, they've had highlight moments, but they haven't conquered the game because baseball, to me, is one of the hardest games to play. And I get it. Maybe not for everybody to watch. I struggled when I played for many years. However, sure. it is a game that it's like playing chess, but yet you've got nine guys on one side and nine guys on the other side, and you've got to outsmart the other guy, right? That's right. That's right. And, and minor league could be a fickle proposition because you're dealing with you know, you're going to have players assigned to a particular city, you know, like with our Fireflies. Um, you know, we get started with the season. The guys that are that jump out of the gate and they're rock solid and they're amazing, you know, players, regardless pitching or, you know, if they're just – if they're hitting the ball, seeing the ball really well, those guys are getting promoted. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, you know, that movement throughout the year, you know, the uh, – you know, the uh, first half of the year in 2017 when we had Tim Tebow, we were actually a pretty decent team. We're, we finished that first half of the season a half, and then, you know, several guys got promoted. Michael Paez got promoted. Uh, Gene Cohn was pretty soon gone. Tebow was gone. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it just seemed like, you know, the second half, some things fell apart for the Firefly. So, you know, it was definitely it was not as successful as what we've seen. So, but, you know, such is minor league baseball because you're going to see that everywhere. Some guys are going to move right. up the chain. I saw, I mean, in 2017, I guess it was 2017, Juan Soto. Amazing. I could not believe, I mean, Hagerstown Suns came to Columbia the first week of the season. This guy, what, barely 18? And I, I don't know if you've ever been to Segra Park, but he hit one on the fly that landed out on our, on our restroom facility out, you know, beyond probably good 50 to 60 feet beyond our center field wall. And – I was like, what on earth did I just see? And then sure enough, two months later, you know, he's hitting three home runs in a game for the, you know, for the Washington Nationals in Yankee Stadium. And I was just like, my goodness. It was, it was just unbelievable to watch some of this stuff. But, I mean, he, you know, that's just, that's just one of those um, examples of how they can, you know, they, they can move up the chain really quick. We're live right now in Brian Bacchio. He is a counselor over at Saluda High School. We've covered that field. We've covered the minor leagues with him. Let's head to big leagues, man. So it looks like, and I'm not 100% sure, this is something I think that you uh, can definitely touch on, but it looks like they're trying to do not American, not national, but United. They're going to have the United League, of course. Well, they'll have uh, the rules kind of combined a little bit. Could we see the designated hitter become the thing of all three of these Three, I guess, uh, leagues are the three, uh, gosh, doggone, uh, regions that they're going to play in there, it looks like. Uh, how does this thing seem to be playing out in the final or one of the last projections that we saw major leagues trying to put out by July 4th? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that they're trying to figure out are locations. Um, I think they're trying to figure out what the fan experience, the fan piece is going to look like. Um, you know, just even going back to our own graduation here in Saluda, well, you know, we're going to have to deal, you know, we're, we're doing everything we can to make sure that people adhere to so, social distancing guidelines. What is that going to look like 
moving forward. And I think it's really going to impact all sports uh, moving forward. You know, even some of the things here professionally. I mean, you know, obviously there's talk about, you know, basketball um, coming back. But, you know, what is it going to mean to have these sports coming back when you probably are going to be unable from a scientific standpoint to having, you know, a venue full of fans? And so, you know, that's going to be really fascinating to watch how this unfolds over the next, you know, several weeks. Um, You know, going back to when this very, you know, when this was about to hit for the very first time here in, you know, in the middle of March here in our country, you know, they were still talking the Southeastern Conference. And this, you know, this is going back now to my, sorry that we're looping around, but we're going back to my work at USC for a moment. But, uh, you know. That's a good segue because we were in there next anyway. (laughs) Oh, Okay. (laughs) Well, the talk at the time was that they were going to continue competitive, comp, you know, they were going to continue competition, athletic competition, but they were not going to have any fans uh, in the seats. So, you know, I was actually getting ready to um, – USC's softball team was about to kick off their, their uh, conference season against LSU. LSU was coming to town. Um, so I had a – you know, I was scheduled to do a Friday night game uh, on campus. And then, uh, you know, the word came down on Wednesday that we're probably not looking – like we're going to have any fans. So I started texting my people. It's like, well, you know, if we're not going to have any fans, let me know if I'm even going to be needed, you know, from a public address standpoint. I mean, is that, you know, what, what is the primary purpose of a public address announcer? It's to inform the fans (laughs) more than anything else. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know if I was going to be needed. And they were like, well, you know, I think, you know, as far as the players and get as normal as possible, it might, and we might need it. I'm like, all right, well, that's good because, you know, I was really looking forward to it. And, but, I mean, it didn't even take 12 hours that very next day and everything was shut down. So, um, you know, and then I got the phone call that, you know, we're done for, for a while. So, you know, and that was tough. I, I really enjoyed, you know, again, it, it's my moonlight gig, my side hustle, whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm not going to get rich doing it, but, I mean, I certainly love, uh, the work that I do in athletics, you know, like I said, just get a microphone in front of me. I'm good to go for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, so <laughs> being, being out of work the last couple of months has been kind of tough. Well, you thought that you couldn't do this for 30 minutes, brother. It's been 30 minutes and we still had a lot to cover, but we're going to get you in here on a weekly basis because you got nothing else to do, man. Prom season's over. They're not <laughs> using your USC. The fireflies aren't flying. Well, we're over here doing this thing three days a week, and if I get you involved, we might do four. So uh, who knows? You <laughs> might have a history. You might have a future right here at Southern Sports. We'd love to get you in on a regular basis, brother. <laughs> All right, well, I don't know if the I'll family you wants you away from them that long, but I got you. I can uh, get you fine. some time on the Two end. weeks from now at this very time, hey, if you want me to call in, I'll be sitting on a stage in, in our football stadium at the high school graduation. <laughs> well. We'll do a play-by-play there. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be great. That would be the – see, look at you. You're, all, you're an inventor. You're an entrepreneur. Didn't even know it. Look at you. Man, oh, I tell you, I thank God that we've had a chance to meet. I thank for Will. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, you know, you, you got to go over there and tell Bulldog Bird, I said, hey, I'm going to get on his show Tuesday, I think, and just kind of surprise him because I did see they're going Facebook and YouTube live. We're actually in that process in July going that way. Uh, but oh, uh, that's, that could be a scary thing over there, seeing Bulldog Burton uh, and the boys on, on live TV. Dude, this is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Burton Campbell <laughs> does some amazing things in our town. Uh, you know, we've, we're definitely blessed to have him around. And, you know, especially with this situation that we find ourselves in, you know, he's been doing everything he can to, you know, for people who aren't – the community's not able to be in attendance. Well, you know, there's Burton Campbell with his equipment, his gear. 
got Saluda now going. Is you know all these different for good or for bad. You know, in, in some of the best times and in some of the troubling times. You know, we had a funeral um, late last week, or yeah, it was late. No, actually, it was just a couple days ago, and and Burton was out there trying to provide services for people that weren't allowed to be in attendance. So you know, it's just like I said, he's uh, Burton's doing some amazing things. You you get on. Like I said, he's a great guy, and obviously you're – I mean, I, I think you're an unbelievable guy as well. That's a great working relationship. I appreciate and you are, it. Oh, yeah, if you continue yeah. talking with Burton, like I said, and hey, it would be great uh, great seeing you on – or hearing you on Saluda Now at some point. Yeah, we've had a chance. I was on a couple of weeks ago, and he had me kind of break the ice about a month or so ago. And, uh, you know, it's just – it's awesome how God works. And he's a pastor, by the way, for you guys who don't know – that's you know, right. we don't hold his, right. his his University of Georgia Bulldogs against him. You know, not everybody's <laughs> perfect. We realize that. But uh, Bulldog oh, Burke, yeah. I know he's listening. He's already given us some love on the uh, on the internet. So, uh, man, enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, turn up the music. Turn up the jams. Hang out with us for the next hour. And uh, you and I are going to catch up off the air because there's some things I want to catch up with you and try to see if we can't work together on. All right, that sounds good, Rich. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and have a great evening. All right, buddy. Thanks for all you do. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only out of Saluda. That's right. If the, uh, the bird flies west, I think he said. We're going to Columbia. There you go. And uh, that's where you'll find Saluda, the, the huddle house that also is now, I guess, it's a, it's a Japanese restaurant. So, ugh, I don't know how to deal with that. So that's a different deal. Small towns have got to have the Waffle House, the huddle house, and uh, you got to have a Walmart. How do you not have a Walmart? So maybe we can help them get a Walmart over there at Saluda. All right, got to go to break. We're against it. We're behind it, actually, because – Coming back by popular demand of my own and many. Of course, we're getting ready to get it here. Miss Narnisha C. Of course, I have coined her first lady of sports radio. She's going to join us next right here on Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman. This is Southern Sports Central. It's been uh, quite a ride as we started off with Jay Williams from the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We had the commissioner join us at 630. They were already camping. And I don't mean at Lakewood or Ocean Lakes or Myrtle Beach. They're camping here in the low country on the football field. I heard young kids in the background, and it's like listening to the sound of music, but yet with small children getting ready for sports. Got to love it. Good. Kevin Villadu jumped in from Live 5 Sports. He came in for about 30 minutes, and you just heard from Brian Vacchio. He is a uh, school administrator, a counselor, if you will, over there at Saluda High School. He's also a DJ. He hosted proms from coast to coast to give him a virtual prom. He's a DJ, if you will. He, of course, is the, uh, a, a voice of many, of course, at the University of South Carolina, the Fireflies, and, uh, of course, he's now a contributor to Southern Sports Central. So with that, I'm going to bring in a young lady who knows a little bit about Southern Sports Central, and thanks to her, we've had some really great interviews. Miss Darnisha Allen Jackson has joined us for the next, hopefully, 30 minutes. Uh, what's up, Miss Darnisha? Hi, Richie. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, I see you're healthy. You're doing good, and you got some needs. We'll get into that in a little bit because I do want to put that out there. If you're okay with it, we'll do it. But, uh, man, I miss you. I love you. You know that. Uh, you know, I have coined you the first lady of sports radio, definitely here at Southern Sports Central. <laughs> The studio is clean, so you're good. We, we've kept up behind good, yourself. Good. I think the new guys clean up, right? But, uh, man, talk about cleaning up. You've got the boys home. I mean, not one, but two. And don't forget the other half. He's in the house as well. So what's it like having everybody home uh, for as long as you've had them home? 
Um, it's been good. Antoine just went back to Ohio last week, so it's just Bryson and Big Antoine now. But um, it's 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 fun having grown ups at the house. I don't have to tell them to be quiet when I'm on my Zoom meetings, and if they're hungry, they go cook and. You know, they they find something to do. So it's been kind of fun to have them around. And, you know, especially um, during this time, at least I know that there's going on with them. But it was was great to have them at home. Now, the the cool part with you and I and, of course, Bryson, uh, the way our relationship kind of – kind of got going, you know, because of Southern Sports Central. You know my love and passion for these young athletes, and it starts now. We've actually gotten into the Little League. I mean, I'm talking, you know, uh, Pop Warner football. We just uh, partnered up with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We'll, we'll do their game of the week on Saturday night right here on the uh, right here on the show, and that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, they cover the whole state. I mean, he's got it labeled up. We had the commissioner, Jay uh, Williams, joined us, as he will every Thursday, uh, Darnisha. But you know, that's kind of how it started with me and you, of course, and, and Bryson. And we found him on social media. I said, hey, let me get this kid in here, man. He's traveling between here and Southern Cal, and he's hitting every campus in between. And then Bryson would come in, guys, on Monday. He would recap his visit. Then Mom jumped in, and I said, hmm, that's another great idea. Let's get Mom in here. She'll do her own interview, and she'll give it from a parent's point of view. And then that relationship blossomed. Then all of a sudden you became – the better half of Southern Sports Central, definitely the prettier half of Southern Sports Central. Where you just oh, in here, you, hung you. out with me for what was it, two years, about a year and a half or so, two years. About we a year and a half, almost two around. years. Yeah, yeah, almost two. We had Mike Bobo, who, by the way, is one of the football coaches of South Carolina. Isn't that funny how that works out? Uh, we had mm-hmm. Coach Elliott, who's now the the head coach over there at Georgia State in your backyard. He was with us a couple of days ago, by the way, about two weeks ago. Marcus Latta, oh, really? who uh, his, you know, he's been around. Uh, of course, uh, a couple times here and uh, just does his own camp. Now that he's not coaching anymore at South Carolina, he's able to do a little bit more to you, which I love about it. Uh, of course, there was a bunch of other guys. Elliot Fry joined us. You remember when you had Elliot come in and hang right. out? So, you know, I, I want to tell you personally, because this is a time to reflect on things we're appreciating, not just during Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter, but because we've seen so much up and down that, that we kind of slow down. And uh, remember the good things. And, and because of you, Darnisha, you brought so many great things. And I know you've struggled with a lot of things. You've had some health scares. And between uh, everybody that loves you and knows you in the world of social media and that knows you personally, like I have the chance to do, we've prayed as hard as we've ever prayed for you. And I see God just working well, miracles you. in your life. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, keep them coming. <laughs> Got a little bit so, of a so, fight on my hands. But, you know, um, I'm not going to let it get me down. Like when I talked to my doctor today, he said, you know, a positive attitude is one of the best things you can have when trying to remain healthy. And um, at this point, I'm just trying to remain healthy. Um, I guess you're talking a little bit about my, uh, my need for a kidney. So I, I, I need right. a kidney transplant. Um, haven't been blood typed yet. They're going to do that in two weeks. And, once they do the blood typing and all of the additional um, medical testing, then I'll know what type of match that I need. But things are so um, – things are moving along pretty rapidly here. And, you know, they have things called, like, paired donor programs. So if I have someone out there who wants to be a donor for me, but they're not a good match for me, if they donate their kidney to someone else, they'll find a kidney for me. So there's so many oh, different wow. things out there that um, 
that they'll be working on working on. I, I'm not at that point yet, um, with what I know my match is, but I have that appointment coming up here in June and we'll figure it out and all I can do until then is just keep a smile on my face and, you know, thank the Lord above for waking me up every day. So that's kind of where I am right now. And, of course, you, you, you got a new gig, which I knew you came to Somerville. We, we missed each other, but the next time, I promise you, it, it's going to take anything right. but the good Lord to stop us from catching up. But h- how's that right. going? Is that that's total Zoom right now, I guess? Love my job. Oh, my and, gosh. You know. I love my job. I um, I don't want to – I'm not trying to do a free plug here, but I work for, no, a, uh, for a company called CCC One, which is a software uh, – uh, auto body shop software company, um, body shops in the state of South Carolina, Georgia, really across the country, use CCC1 as a service to write their um, estimates for vehicles. And basically what my job is to go in and talk to them and train them how to use the service or how to use the software. Um, And it worked out that South Carolina and Georgia are my territory. So it's kind of it's kind of funny because I'm familiar with the state and I'm familiar with, you know, the low country and I'm familiar with the upstate and I'm familiar with the Met. So um, it, 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 it it's fun to go in and talk to customers every now and then I'll tell somebody, you know, they'll say, well, how do you know so much about South Carolina? And I'll tell them, well, my son played football for the Gamecocks. And they kind of look at me, you know, crazy because they're like, how do you have a kid that played football for the Gamecocks? And I tell them who my kid is. And sometimes they know him, sometimes they don't. Um, And we just go from there. So, you know, it just depends on where I am. You know, in the upstate, I kind of kept my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's really funny because people still, there's no football, there's no baseball, but still people are tweeting out. and You still see that inner rivalry happening across the South Carolina. but. I mean, how nice has it been now that Steve Bryson, and, and I know we'll talk a little bit about his path a little bit, and, and he's done extremely well. I know he, he got some opportunity there in the NFL. He got to say he made it. I don't care what anybody says. When you get a jersey, you get on that field, <laughs> doesn't matter what you do, you made it. That was what you said. Now, you might have messed up, not saying you or me, but, you know, we might have messed up when we said, well, God, I want to play for 15 years in the NFL, and we only said we want right. to play in the NFL. Well, you, didn't, you forgot to tell him how long because he gave you what right. you wanted. You just forgot to give right. the details of what you wanted. But, but, but Bryson got that chance. And we're going to talk a little bit about him, of course, and the other big man that's, uh, you know, had paid his dues at Ohio State. Of course, uh, started off at Auburn, went to junior college, I think, in Texas. But uh, let's start with yeah. Bryson first. Now, Bryson, a heck of a spokesman for the University of South Carolina. What a great ambassador for the state. Even though he's from the state of Georgia, he's, he has handled the camera business as good as anybody has. And they always found him, and I think they kind of pushed him that way at the University of South Carolina because of his background mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But what's, what's Bryson up to? I know, and, and, and I know, of course, some others know, but for those who don't know, what's, uh, what's that big number four doing these days? Bryson is now a graduate assistant for the uh, Georgia State University with Coach Elliott. Um, so he is extremely thrilled and overjoyed to be back around football and doing something that he really likes to do. It's just funny to me to, you know, hear him and and see him talking about some of the stuff that he talks about. And it's really nice to see the fire in his eyes again. Um, Not saying that he ever lost his fire, but just to see it turned up again and to see the bounce in his step. He, he's just, he's just a joy. I mean, you know, biased here. 
he's, you know, I'm, he's a joy to be around. And um, the young guys kind of vibrate to his energy. So um, I think that this is the beginning of something good. And, you know, we're just really thankful for Coach Elliott giving him an opportunity. And he's going to be working with the defense over there at Georgia State. And he's pretty happy thus far. So, you know, this pandemic thing kind of messed it up. He quit his job back in March so he could start at Georgia State on that Friday they called him and told him that we're going to be in a, you know, quarantine at home. And so he had to quarantine at home for the next month. And I think he just started working over at Georgia state, like the last week or two. So he's, he's very happy and I'm happy to see it. And, you know, he's got some of his gear and I'm coaching gear from him already and trying to figure out yeah. how this blue is going to look on me. Um, Cause mom <laughs> is going to be a Georgia state fan now. So. Hey, we're on board. We, we love what Coach Elliott has done. And we, of course, we had Coach Smith that was over there with us, uh, you know, for a while. Now, Coach Jimmy Smith, of course, he started at uh, a school that visited Peter. Somerville, thanks to, you, thanks to you and I, right? He came over here yeah. from, uh, from from a very famous school. And, I mean, who knew that this coaching tree – and we're actually going to do a special. That was the other thing we'll talk about while I got you on the air. We're going to do something with uh, Cedar Grove. I mean, holy macaroni. They put players out. <laughs> But they put just as many coaches out. I mean, you got Coach Clark oh, yeah, over here coaching in Columbia. Fabulous. Yeah. What, and then you got a coach sitting down on the other – right, almost on the other side of the South Carolina-Georgia line that I didn't realize was connected to the program as well, that he's doing big things at his school. So, you know, it's, it's so fun to watch. I've got to look him up, and I'll catch him before we get you off the air. Coach I'm going to have to go and do some more research. No, Coach Parsons is in South Carolina. This guy's in – it starts with a G, I want to think, and I'm trying to remember the colors oh, are, are, are yellow. Coach and, Reed. Coach Reed Coach Reed. They, there you go. Yeah, Griffin. And, I mean, he's killing it. They're doing big things. I mean, anybody oh, who yeah. drinks the water at this high school, they just come out being awesome. I mean, I didn't care. It didn't matter what they do. What, what is it that happens at Cedar Grove that now you see Coach Smith coaching over there? And don't forget about the current coach. Oh, by the way, this guy just decides he's going to win him a state championship. They don't come oh, easy, yeah. but they seem to do it at Cedar Grove. I think what it is is that Cedar Grove is a smaller school by Atlanta standards. They're a smaller school. Right. They pull them up by their bootstraps. It's not a um, it's not a poor community, but it's not a rich community. But the kids aren't trying to figure out where their next meal is coming from either. But um, they just work hard, and they believe in working hard, and they believe in each other, and they believe that they can do it. I mean, they not only have the football players, but you've got a social media star in Desi Banks who came from wow. Cedar Grove. So, I mean, you've got guys that have played at Alabama, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, um, Oklahoma, you name it. South Cedar Grove has has just blossomed players, but – you know, they have a new principal, but the old principal's thing was keep the main thing the main thing, and that was keep your education first and everything else will fall into play. And so far, so good. So we actually have a chance, and we, we actually get to get in here with this number 50 over there, DJ. is one of their uh, their big men, I believe, over there at Cedar Grove. Darius I think he's Jackson. an upcoming senior. Holy moly. It must be the last name. Is that what it is? <laughs> I mean, this kid yeah, here, he's, he's a baller Jackson, too. Yeah. yeah, he's a baller too. I mean, I remember when, when you and I talked, I remember Coach Call at the time, which I don't know if you've seen it or not, but Joe was left Somerville, and, and no one thought that day was coming, but it came. He's at Oceanside. Yeah, Coach Greer's gone back to Charlotte. KC is going to be coaching with him up there. 
Right. Yeah, Casey's going to be with him. And I think there's another gentleman that's coming that used to play for the Gamecocks that's going to join the staff. Not to mention, Coach uh, Rodman's their offensive line coach plays for the Gamecocks. So it's basically a Gamecock coaching staff over there at Oceanside mm-hmm. now. That's pretty neat in itself. But, you know, now, of course, uh, when, when you and I were, were, were doing this radio thing together, Joe looked at me and said, Rich, man, I, I want to play somebody, but I, I want to get outside of the state. And I said, hey, I know a guy. Or I know a lady who knows a guy. <laughs> so we started talking to Coach Smith over there, right? So I come to find out that Jimmy, of course, played high school against me. Uh, where he went to high school was uh, in the same region that I was in growing up in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So it's just a small world. And then you guys brought your band, your fans, their grandmas, oh, yeah. the neighbors, the kids down the street. Everybody showed up. Yeah. And they it travel. was like, this is just what y'all do. Holy moly, yeah, do they, they travel. travel. Not only do they travel to Charleston, the next week you guys were in Alabama – and then this year, I know they went to, what, South Dakota, and they went to the tip of Florida to play down in Miami. I mean, it's like yeah, – so they they're definitely not hurting or right? hungry. Yeah, it was Colorado. That's where they went. They went to Colorado and yeah. won. I mean, they yeah. wherever they go, they win. They just – I mean, work, like like Coach Patrick always says, they're just built different. Yeah. They've even got their own little thing. I saw uh, where Coach, uh, Coach Smith walked in right before their state championship game that was played, matter of fact, in the same stadium where – Bryson's working out over there where uh, Georgia right. State plays at, and they do this. It's like a call-in or something. Now, he comes out, and he says something up in the air. The other kids know exactly what time it is. They say it back, and then they go do what they do another day at the office, and here comes, uh, what, the fourth or fifth state championship in the last five or six years coming out of this school. Yep. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yep. it's awesome. And it, it, Because I think for me what makes it so awesome is just to see where it came from to where they are now and to see how many guys are getting college scholarships and how many guys have made it to the NFL. I think Gus Cumberlander who played at Oregon just got picked up to go to the NFL. So it's just so many of them um, that come out of Cedar Grove and it just makes us proud and the community supports them and the community is proud of them. Uh, and I mentioned this in the interview earlier with uh, Kevin Billaby. You remember Kevin? He was with us even back when you were with us uh, from Channel 5. Mm-hmm. And how now you're starting to see Charleston schools share stadiums. Now, that's a very common thing in Atlanta because, uh, you know, yeah. Coach Patrick's been on, Coach Smith has been on. Even we had Coach Parks talk about seven schools, one, one high school football stadium. How does yeah. that work with home field advantage, though? Is that a thing over there? Um, it is a thing. So basically, um, but the way that they do it is it's not necessarily by home field advantage. It's by, um, they play by region. So, you know, Cedar Grove is a region 3A school and then Southwest DeKalb is a 4A school. So they don't play each other and they play, you know, at different times. You have a game at five, you'll have a game at seven. So that's on Friday nights, and then you have two games on Saturday, a game at 5 and a game at 7. And they have um, several schools that share three stadiums. Is it three? It may be four. It may be four stadiums, but they share those stadiums in DeKalb County, and DeKalb County believes that that's the way for them to keep their costs down, whereas, you know, the parents in DeKalb County feel like it would be wonderful for these guys to have their own stadium and lights on our own field. But, you know, when it gets dark, practice is over. They're not out there practicing till 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night because once, that, once it gets dusk and you can't see anymore, you got to go inside. So, um, you know, give it all you got when you can. There's times when it was so hot. I remember when Bryson and Antoine were at Cedar Grove when it was so hot that they couldn't practice outside because of the heat index, so they had to practice in the gym, you know. So wow. it's just – 
it's just, you know, like I said, they, they, they come up from their bootstraps. They're not rich kids by the long shot, but they work hard for everything that they get. We're live right now with a familiar voice and a face here on Southern Sports Central. She's held it down here with me for about two years and, of course, has gone through anything and everything. And, uh, and I mean, uh, the love that we have for this young lady is, is nowhere near what we could say on the air, of course. Uh, and I appreciate you as well. Uh, Darnisha Allen Jackson joining us here for a while to talk some sports. And uh, we're talking right now about this, uh, this coaching tree. Now, you know, I mentioned four coaches, but there's one other coach. If I'm not mistaken, he's a track and field coach at the college level, but he's kind of the godfather over there at Cedar Grove. Tell oh, us coach a little Bonner. bit about this guy and what he's done. Yeah, who is this Coach Bonner we hear so much about? So, Ray Bonner um, started coaching in DeKalb County in the 70s. Um, he coached at Columbia High School, um, Cedar Grove High School. I believe he was a head coach in the 80s at Texas Southern. He's he's been all over the place, but he's a a a legend in high school football, and he's from Tennessee. So now um, he's retired retired from the high school game, and I believe that he's right. an assistant coach at Middle Tennessee now for women's track and field. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to Coach Bonner since we played at Vanderbilt in 2018, I want to say, because I didn't go to the 2018 game when we played in Vanderbilt. So I haven't talked to Coach Bonner in a while. Um, But he is truly the guy who took all of these guys under his wing and developed them and helped them learn how to be great head coaches. You know, they're, they're good men first. And their mentors first, then football comes along. So it was faith, family, then football was his mantra. And if you look at the guys who I mentioned, Coach Patrick, Coach Smith, Coach Reed, Coach Park, those guys all were part of his coaching tree at Cedar Grove. And now they've all gone on to be head coaches in the high school game. And now Jimmy's the running back coach at Arkansas. Um so they've all gone on and done the things that they need to do. I think Coach Reed was one game away from winning state. Coach Patrick has won right. state. Um, I don't know what Parks has done. I don't know. Did Parks ever win it in South Carolina? I, 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 I'm trying to remember the year that you were with me, of course, uh, the two years there. I know he had a ton of kids go into Division One, get scholars. But I knew that they were – this past year, they were one game away from going – and play. Uh-huh. I think they had to play against Wren, who ended up winning it all uh, in 3A, because I think they're a 3 – hey, that might be a 4A school. So, yeah, Wren would be 4A. So, yeah, they went against a 4A school to Wren, who ended up mm-hmm. winning it all up there. Uh, okay. and, uh, I know Coach Parks has got him ready to roll, but, you know, he's taking that program from what it was to what it is. And, and I, I tell you what, talking about doing and, and doing the most of what you got, man, it, again, must be something about Coach Bonner that he's taught these guys how to take something small and build something big, because – you talked oh, about, yeah. you know, the, the field they practice on. And Coach Patrick talked about it not long ago when he joined us. And, and even Coach Reed talked about it. All these coaches continue to tell us sometimes before they even go to, to practice, they got to go out there and hose down the dirt because they're on dirt. They're oh, not yeah. on grass. Yeah. I tell them they got to get it out the amazing. mud. That's the, one of the Cedar Grove um, statements is that they got to get it out the mud, and they literally mean they have to get it out of the mud because they have to line it. the field, cut the grass, everything out there um, to be ready for football practice. So, 
they they definitely take pride in what they do. Now, we talked Bryson, but there's another young man who may eat a little more than Bryson. I would like to see these two guys go up to a, like a peace eating contest. But uh, Big Antoine, and I'm talking big little Antoine, the one that was at the Ohio State, man, how cool was it for you? I mean, you, you went through all the, the, the ups and downs of Bryson and, and getting to be, of course, around all that. And then all of a sudden now you can put all your energy in heading over to the Ohio State University and watching the Buckeyes and they're running towards the national title. Cut a little short, but man, what uh, an experience it had to be for you, Darnisha. You ought to write a book, by the way, of all the experiences in college football you've been able to experience. I write a book. I'm waiting till Antoine finishes with school to write a book, but it was fun. Um, it's it's different. I I don't know how to say this. I guess it's different going to a game and expect them to not have the toughest schedule in America, I guess maybe I'll I'll say it like that. You know, I know South Carolina has had the toughest schedule in America like the last two years, this year coming up as well. So every game is is a knuckle biter, finger biter. You're like, oh, God, I hope we pull it off today. I hope we pull it off today. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. When you see Ohio State playing, it's kind of like, oh, God, I hope that we don't score 70 before halftime sometimes. Um, and I just think it's the level of competition in their conference is a little different. And I don't really, I don't know how to say it. But it's just different. It was just different. And it was a lot of fun to just sit down and be mom. Um, because with South Carolina, you know, I allowed myself or I made myself be like team mom for everybody. And so I was always running around with my head in something. Um, at Ohio State, I just go wear my 52 t-shirt and I'm just mom and you know nobody knows who I am I'm not sports mommy I'm just Antoine's mom so um it was a lot of fun and it's a lot of fun just to see him and to see it through his eyes and enjoy it it was we've had I've had a lot of fun I really hope that this season gets started I mean it would be so unfair for some of these guys this is his this is going into his fifth year and it would just be terrible in my mind, for him to have to go for a sixth year. Um, he's, you know, he's 20, he'll be 23 in September, and he's ready to, to go make his mark in the world, too. But he also wants, excuse me, he wants a chance at um, that next level. So he needs to have this season, you know. So hopefully, um, Hopefully they'll get their shot at it. I've been hearing some good things. We've been hearing that they could be back on campuses as early as July 1st. Not sure, but that's that's the hope. Of course, she's talking about her other son, of course, Mr. Antoine Jackson, who is a big time, I mean big time in many ways, not only uh, in size but also in performance over there with the Ohio State Buckeyes. They haven't skipped a beat yet. When you mentioned playoffs, the Buckeyes are always in that conversation. You got a chance to be a part of that Clemson-South Carolina rivalry, the Clemson, or excuse me, the South Carolina-Georgia uh, rivalry. You've seen a lot of different things. But, man, how crazy was it to be a part of that Ohio State-Michigan thing, man? I mean, now they beat Michigan every year. Kind of, kind of is what I it like is there. But froze. what was the biggest game for you? I like to froze to death up in Michigan. I had never been um, to Ann Arbor in November. O-M-G, it was super, super, super cold. That's all I remember. I remember sitting in the um, sitting in the stadium, and I Antoine had given me his sideline coat, 
so I had his sideline coat. I had on leggings and jog, uh, what do you call them, long johns and a pair of jeans and a pair of boots and two pair of socks and a sweatshirt, a sweater. I mean, it was ridiculous, all the layers of clothing that I had on. And at one point during the fourth quarter, I think I just sat still and I told my husband not to move. And I felt like I was hibernating because it was so cold outside. And I was like, if I don't move, then I can't feel the, 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 the cold air. It was so cold. Oh my gosh, it was cold, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience to see. It was neat to see the tradition. Um, you think South Carolina, well, I still say South Carolina and Clemson's rivalry is one of the nastiest college football rivalries that you'll ever see, but Michigan and Ohio State fans do not like each other at mm-hmm. all. They do not like each other. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a couple of uh, Buckeye fans here. Of course, South Carolina, we we kind of become their second home, or now their first home, and they go yeah, back to visit. And, and uh, of course, if you yell out "oh," you always hear "io" at the local news or wherever you go, right? <laughs> so, so we do have a lot of moms that listen, a lot of dads that listen. Darnisha, you've had not one but now two boys in your house go through the recruiting, and that was one of the things when you came in. That was kind of what you did with us here, and then. You mm-hmm. jumped in and you've done you know, a great job kind of helping us grow and get better and educate us in, their, in other areas. But what's one thing right now, because it has turned maybe a little bit different than it was a few years back right. when you first started with the boys in high school. But going back and, and, and remembering what you went through with, with both of the boys, what's something that you wish you knew then that you know now that you could share with a mom that's out here listening or a mom and a oh, dad that's going through this process? I wish Bryson had not committed so early. I wish he would have waited a little longer, even though he knew where he wanted to be and his heart was in it. I just wish he'd waited a little longer. Um, I, let's see, with Antoine, Antoine was an early enrollee. I wish he had not been an early enrollee. I wish he'd waited till May and, you know, finished out high school and did the things that he wanted to do. Um, But I'm thankful that he went and found out, you know, the initial school that he went to wasn't for him, and that's why he left. Um, I wish that – I think social media was prevalent for both of them, and I'm glad with both of them and their social media presence, they never really did anything to embarrass us. So their social media presence was really was really straightforward and cool. I just wish that they had taken their time and had enjoyed it more instead of feeling pressure the whole time because I think they felt pressure to make the right decision when the decision that they made needed to be the right decision for them. I'm not saying either one of them made a wrong decision, but I just wish they had not felt rushed to make a decision because the recruiting – became overwhelming for them towards the end. It's overwhelming for a 17-year-old, 18-year-old boy to be courted by every Division One coach or every Power Five coach telling him that he's great, he's great, he's great, and mom is saying, take the trash out and, you know, do your homework when everybody else is telling him you're the big man on campus. So I think um, recruiting, you have to keep them – grounded and you have to keep them 
within your your loving arms and embrace because it can be very overwhelming for them. I think that, yeah, that's what I want to say. It can be very overwhelming. Did I lose you there, Rich? Nope, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. So, so I remember, I remember the factor when, of course, Antoine, uh, little big Antoine, if you will, decided that he mm-hmm. was going to leave Auburn and he was going to head to JUCO. I remember that was the decision that, that you kind of were like, well, yeah, all right, you're an adult, you're going to make this decision, and he did exactly mm-hmm. what he needed to do. He landed himself mm-hmm. on Ohio State. I think he grew as a man in that process. Mm-hmm. On the other end of this deal. You know, you get Bryson, who's gone through more injuries, and God knows I, I, I felt so bad for this young guy because he put in such heart. He had such that drive, just like, you know, his brother on the other side of the uh, hallway down the, down the way where these kids were always competing against one another, making each other better. Mm-hmm. But their path to get to greatness was so different. But yet they were different. But yet at the same deal, their nucleus, their mindset, everything that was in the formula that made these guys really amazing young men we're all raised by you, of course, and uh, Big Antoine, the, the, the other half in your life there. And, and I watch this stuff. And, and to me, it's, it's been such a treat to watch both of these boys through their trials and tribulations. But the thing that I love, too, is that neither one of these two kids, now grown men, burned their bridges, like you mentioned. Who would have thought you went to Florida? You meet this guy named Will Muschamp. He says, well, you know, Bryson, you should come here and play. And Bryson said, well, I appreciate the offer but I think I'm going to take my talents to Columbia, South Carolina. Well, Will said, that's a good idea. I'll join you in a few years. Just hold on, and I'll see you in about three or four years, right? But it was the same way there for Antoine. Antoine, you know, he had a chance to go to the Ohio State at the beginning. He chose not to. Didn't burn that bridge. Went to Auburn under, of course, uh, a coach there. Didn't really see the fit there. But all of a sudden turns it and says, I'm going to make my way. So that's kind of been the neatest thing for me is that these guys have been – amazing men off the field. That's why I'm not surprised by their success on the field. Oh yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're good guys for the most part. Um, They didn't give me very much trouble. I think Bryson may have broken curfew in high school a couple of times. Antoine may have got flippy at the mouth a couple of times, but they, they were good guys. (laughs) They, they, they don't, they don't do too much of anything. They stay at home. Even now when they were at home, you know, um, Bryson jumps on Call of Duty and he plays his video game and Antoine plays NBA 2K20, I guess. That's, that's all they do. They don't, they don't hang out in the clubs. They don't hang out in the streets. They're homebodies. And, and, right. and I'm okay with it. Um, I've taught them, you know, been teaching Antoine some recipes to cook because when he um, was at school, you know, they had the training table that he ate at every night, and he was going back up to Ohio and isn't going to have the training table. So he needed to learn how to cook some recipes for himself. Bryson is a great cook, so he um, <laughs> he knows how to cook already. You know, but he's had the girlfriend for five years now, so, you know, they they do that, that kind of domestic thing. So, um <laughs> You know they're they're good guys and they're nice guys for the most part. I don't. There's very. I think there's probably very few people who can ever say that they've seen them angry or that they've right. been rude to them because they're just that's just not their nature. But again, I think that just goes back to me and Big Antoine. We're typically right. calm, cool, and collected, and we're typically happy-go-lucky people. You know, I might get mad at you, but I might forget about it 15 minutes later. So. 
Um, that's just how we are, and we've never really been that way. I don't think that they ever really got grounded, to be honest with you. I don't believe that they ever got grounded when they were in high school. Wow. I'm not surprised. Yeah, but you, but you they, see it they, there. And, and, t- and you, know, you got to tell Big Antoine, we, we have yet to have a Buckeye on the show, so he could be the first. We would love to have that. I know we've talked about it off the air, and it's all you. timing with everything. But yeah, it's uh, I all do timing. have somebody – I do have somebody. I'm going to bring him in. I don't know if he's called in to listen in, but I'm going to check him in here now. And I'm going to bring a guy that you've had a chance to talk to on the radio and uh, as well. Coach, uh, Coach Cole has joined us from the Oceanside family. Hey, Coach It will Cole? always be a green wave. What's up? Hey, y'all. I just uh, hey, had Coach to call Cole, How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And, you know, I'm sitting here listening with, uh, you know, my wife and I were just uh, kind of listening in and listening to you talk and, you know, she just looks over at me. She's like, you know what? She goes, love your mama. You know, and I was like, you know, listen to this mama talk about them boys. I was like, you know, just creating that, you know, just, it's, you know, creating that environment that, you know, they, they want to, you know, they want to be home. They, they want to hang out. They want to be around, you know, and then mama's teaching them how to cook. And, you know, it's oh, just, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's things like, you know, just it's, we try to preach to, to these, you know, to all the, these boys that are coming through from the coaching side of it, you know, and just, uh, you know, just uh, that that mama, you know, listen to your moms. The moms always got the best advice. You know, they got they got oh, their yeah. uh, your best interests at heart all the time. You know, it's just like, you know, don't be so quick to make decisions. You know, um, you know, really, really look at what's going. You know, like you know, we were talking about recruiting and all that kind of stuff and going to college. And you know, I just uh, I couldn't help it. I had to call in and I just uh, you know that's all I could think what? about was. Yeah, we we preach to the boys, love your mama, and it's just so obvious that, that they love their mama, and the mama loves them, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, just and let me just tell you this, Coach, I'm so glad that you have KC up. KC is like son number three for me. He and Bryson are, you know, they, they're, they're best friends, and um, his mama and I are best friends, and so we bounce ideas off of each other all the time, and we might – call each other up and say, well, Casey's doing this or Bryson's doing that, and we just keep it amongst ourselves and keep it quiet. But um, those two boys are so special to us. And, and like I said about Bryson and seeing the fire in his eyes, that's the wonderful thing about KC is that you see the fire in his eyes too. And we're just so happy that the both of them are, are, are starting off their coaching career at the same time, you know, in two different ways and two different functions. But, you know, we just love them both. And no matter what, you've always got my support because you've got my babies up there with you. So, you know, just wanted to <laughs> yeah, let you know that. Yeah. Too. And that was just, uh, you know, and I, I haven't known, uh, you know, Casey for a while. And I mean, just just knowing that, about I mean, you can just, just see him. And, and that's why, like, uh, when I first brought his name up to uh, our principal and our athletic director, you know, about bringing him in, I was like, We've got to bring it. I mean, you you got to like see him eye to eye and listen to him talk because I mean, because everything you just said said about him, you know, just that that the kind of you know boys the you know you know Bryson is and Casey, you know, it's just it comes out. This is it's how they they were raised and you know how their yep. parents and how they just you know, it just it shows. And I said, you know, and, and Brenda, our, our principal and Mark, the athletic director. I mean, like. Just by the way, you know, Casey walked in the door and just, you know, within the first like thirty seconds, I mean, he was hired. You know, I mean, it was yeah. it was great. So it was a uh, wonderful yeah, young I'm, man. I'm glad that... 
Glad to have him. Certainly, we got uh, uh, surrounded by Gamecocks here at, uh, at Oceanside. Uh, well, we got we got a few we got a few Clemson Tigers. We let hang around. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so we're we're happy to have Casey. Uh, actually, uh, uh, yeah, I talked to talked to him about once a day. So we're looking forward to him getting here right here at the beginning of June, and uh, you know he's just going to fit right in with our our entire staff. So oh, yeah. he's uh, super guy. excited to have it. And I really like that that he, uh, you know, he, he's taken a, you know, him being a a, um, a coach's son, you know, like like myself, uh, you know, I did what was probably easier and, and more comfortable with like going home, you know, going back to Somerville, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but but Casey's, you know, the, to to Butch's credit, and Casey's, you know, mom and dad, you know, they said, hey, go go do it on your own, you know, go out there, yep. and you know, we're going, we're going, you know, we're going push out the nest and, you know, you can always come home, you know, I mean, we, I'm not saying right. that, but it's like, go, go get it on your, and he did, and he did, you know, and, uh, he did, you know, he, yeah. and, uh, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. I hope, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, once he gets here, you know, I know he's, he's going to be doing big things and I'm just, uh, you know, blessed to be able to, to be a part of the beginning, uh, for him, you know, coaching wise. So. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Happy to have him. Well, it's good to hear from you. But, yeah, I just wanted to call in and say hey, and uh, you know, I just uh, love love hearing the good good stories, love hearing your voice, and talk about the boys, and because you, know, uh, um, you know Mother's Day is actually my my favorite day of the year, <laughs> my favorite holiday because it's the day. You know, we try to celebrate moms every day, but it's that one special day. You know, I told the players, Absolutely. I said, don't just tell your mom you love her. I said, write her a letter, write her a handwritten note, tell your mom what she means to you because uh, you know she's got your back. So I just uh, wanted to call real quick and speak to you when I Thank saw that you're you going to be on. Uh, I just said I have got to call in just for a few minutes and take up some <laughs> some of your uh, – I feel bad for taking up your time, but I just wanted to say – Oh, no, you're and, good. You're uh, good. Thank you so much. I'm glad to hear your voice and, you know, looking forward to getting up there, especially now since I work out of – I have a lot of clients in Somerville and, uh, and, and, and in, that, in that area. So I will be up that way a lot probably on some Friday nights, and maybe I'll catch some Friday night football this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime, anytime. You come stand Alrighty. next to me on the sideline. <laughs> I got you a spot. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Hey, Coach, All right. Coach Call, before you get out of here, Coach, real quick, uh, I know today you guys had, had a special moment. I don't know if you want to get talk a little bit about that, but, but we said we, we've been trying to throw a lot of love towards you guys and Coach Nate. Of course, he was with us about three weeks ago on the radio. Uh, Darnisha, he was the coach that we've been kind of talking about. Uh, who lost his battle to cancer uh, just a couple of days ago. And uh, they, they had their, uh, I believe, a handful of you guys got together today in kind of remembrance, kind of a, an opportunity for you guys to uh, celebrate. Let's, let's use that word. Uh, all the great things that Coach Nate not only has meant for Oceanside, but for Mount Pleasant, for the world of sports, and anybody he's come in contact with, Coach. Yeah, it's actually, I mean, we did. It was a um, um, Mark Meyer uh, who, who you had on last week, our athletic director, he kind of organized uh, a lot of people around the, the school, whether it's coaches and teachers and uh, even, you know, nurses from the hospital, you know, people just to kind of celebrate, uh, kind of come together as a, you know, group of people that Nate just really, you know, touched the lives of, just kind of celebrate, just kind of a, uh, just a, a time to remember him and, you know, what a, you know, the thing that kept coming up is just how strong and, you know, what a servant leader Nate was to everybody, you know, just, uh, you know, always thinking about other people before himself, you know, just uh, 
from bringing like parfaits from McDonald's to stopping to buy Gatorades to buying like the bank energy drinks. I mean, you know, the guy, you know, worked part time at Kohl's and then he came over to Oceanside and didn't, you know, made very little money, but, you know, spent his time there. But, you know, just took every little bit that he had and gave to somebody else, you know, and that's just how he lived his life, you know, before cancer, during cancer, during his battle with cancer. I mean, and, and all the way up, you know, I mean, even, even like, you know, a, a week ago, you know, I mean, he was trying to, to reach out to us to, you know, uh, you know, communicate about, you know, things going forward, like, you know, fall football practice coming, you know, so it was, uh, you know, he, he always, he never let um, the things he was going through affect the type of person he was or bring him down, you know, it was just a, uh, a great celebration just to see those people kind of, uh, that he really touched kind of come together, um, you know, with his two sons, which, uh, you know, they were all kept saying, you know, he just, he loved his two boys and talked about them all the time. And, uh, you know, it was a chance for, uh, you know, just everybody to get together and really just, you know, show the love, you know, that, and, and just tell stories. I mean, it was just great for me to kind of sit back and just listen to him talk, talk about Nate and just tell different stories and, uh, you know, about this, you know, and it was funny. Everybody there had a different story about how how Nate just impacted their life, and it was just uh, really good to hear um, you know, about such a special person. And uh, while it's sad, you know, to to lose someone like that, uh, you know, it, it it gives the rest of us uh, that strength and hope and and a drive to say, you know, we need to look at you know this example right in front of us of, of how we should live our life and how we should treat other people, and you know, and how how you know how we're how to handle adverse situations because you know that's one thing we always say is it's not you know if adversity hits it's when and how you're going to handle that and uh you know and you know we were able to kind of talk about how we're going to remember nate going forward you know not only helmet stickers but you know a weekly award that we're going to do to you know for a player like a scout team player of the week or someone who has you know really really you know, exemplifies the criteria of, uh, of being strong and overcoming adversity. And, and then um, our new black and blue club, which is our football booster club, you know, we're going to um, um, give a senior, a graduating senior football player, you know, the, the coach uh, Nate Green scholarship uh, every year, you know, so it's, uh, you know, and that'll, that'll go on forever. So, uh, you know, it was really great kind of being able to talk and, and how we're going to carry on, um, you know, the hashtag Nate Strong Legacy. Well, Coach, I can tell you what, they got the right coach in so many ways off the field. And by, by I don't want to say default, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. You're you you're as good a coach, you're an even better man off the field. And I, I call you a brother. I know Darnisha loves you to death as well. And, and uh, you've unfortunately, you've got experience in this. And I told all your coaches that, that have reached out to me, I said, look, I'm going to tell you, there's not anything that this man can't handle on and off the field. He wears a cross on his wrist. And he wears it anywhere he walks in town. So I just want to say I'm excited to watch what you do. And, and I knew that you were going to handle this one with class. And uh, while we hate to see people leave us, it's always sad. It's a selfish sadness, but it's a celebration. Like you said, you know, there's three things about Coach Call, guys, that if you don't know, here's, here they are. Not if and when. He always told us that at Somerville. Make the best next decision. And most importantly, he hashtagged the word, love your mama, Coach. You ought to make a bunch of those shirts and get your money out of it because, man, <laughs> every player we've had come on Somerville because, you know, we do our senior spotlight where we focus on all the high school kids around the country, not just here in the low country. Every one of your former football players uh, that are graduating, your current football players here at Somerville have all said the same thing, and that is that they, they loved you, they, they appreciated you, and the fact that you 
focused on loving your mama was something that they'll never forget, man. Well, man, you got some the kind words, man. I'm, I'm, you know, always uh, appreciate you saying, you know, you're full of kindness, but man, the, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, just uh, something I, I really think, you know, it's the more you hear, like when kids, you know, kind of mess up, you know, if you, you ever threaten, like, hey, I'm going to tell your mama, they always, they always go, oh, no, 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 don't tell my mama, you know, because, you know, and it kind of, kind of goes along with that. It's like, you know, because your mama's going to, like, love you and she give you that tough love, but she's going to love you unconditionally no matter what. And, you know, so it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, that they do hear that from me, you know, because it is, uh, it is important. And, uh, you know, to, to know that, to, to show your mama the love that she, she deserves. So, but, uh, man, I appreciate your kind words and, uh, man, I'm going to get out of here and let you guys finish up and I'll just listen to the last couple of minutes, but just want to jump in and say, Hey, and Darnisha, good to hear from you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, there he is. The ocean side. Hey buddy. That's uh coach, uh, Joe Call, of course, he uh, is uh, the new head football coach of an ocean side. Darnisha, you and I have interviewed that guy for, wow, 32 years you were here. I think we talked to him about it every week. He's, he is – he doesn't like me to say this, but he's like Dabo Sweeney of high school football. I mean, it is what it is. What you like about Dabo, that's what Joe Call is. He's a player's coach. He's a, he's a God-fearing man. You know, he, he loves his mama. Yeah. You know, he does all the things that you can imagine. And, and I have the pleasure – of living literally next door to his grandma. You know, the legendary coach McKissick lived right, literally right beside me. And, and I had the chance of calling the games on Friday nights. And then I would always go by on Saturdays or Sunday after church and we would break down the game. And I remember the last conversation that I had with the, uh, with coach. And I finally got it because Joe had been telling me the answers because God was giving Joe the answer to give to me because uh, coach would always say, well, well, what do we need to do to win? Well, the easy answer, you know, the easy answer is just score one more point than them. But I'm always breaking down the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and Joe's. And he'd say, well, that didn't seem to work last week. I said, no, it didn't. So, finally, one of the last conversations I had with Coach was, well, we just didn't score enough points, Coach. <laughs> and he would say, it took right. you this long to get that answer? I said, yes, sir. He said, gotcha. So, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, you know, I remember taking Coach McKissick two Coke cans. One said Coach, one said Legend. You remember Coke had those, those Coke cans for a while? And, oh, uh, yeah. I found the coach one, and it took me forever to get the legend one. But, man, I couldn't get it to his house quick enough. It took me about a month to get the legend one. But uh, those two Coke cans are, are probably still sitting over there with his grandma. And, and uh, she wrote me a nice letter and, and, and just thanked me for, for all that I mean to her and coach and the family of Somerville. But, you know, these guys all love you to death, and there's a lot of questions. And that's why I don't think you thought you would hang out with me for an hour. And I tell Antoine, I said, thank you very much for letting me be a part of your evening. But – uh I just can't say enough. We'd love to get you in here as much as you can, and and maybe it'd be good for you. I don't know, but, hey, we're going to get you a kidney, all right? That's happening. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to to get this thing done. That's our mission, and I'm going to get Joe involved, and I'll get every other high school coach listening. Uh, We got to get Miss Darnisha a kidney because she's given us all the time and the energy, and she's made us entertained. Man, you've done a great job. So uh, God's got a big plan for you, sweetheart. I don't know if it was just here at Southern Sports Central, but you're a blessing to me, and a lot of follow you on social media. And uh, well, we're coming to Atlanta, by the way. And uh, I keep telling you this, but I, I, you know, cause Coach Elliott's invited us. Coach Smith invited us to Arkansas. We may have to pick you and Antoine up to go to Arkansas, but uh, you know, we'll <laughs> see how that works out. <laughs> That's a drive. That's a long drive, right? But we are coming to Atlanta because I've got Coach Patrick going to show us around Cedar Grove. 
uh, and Coach Elliott and the boys, and now Coach Bryson is going to show us over there at, at of course, um, Georgia State. But um, yeah, I want to do this before I get you out of here, but uh, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, this is a time during COVID-19 or the corona, whatever they want to call it, that people are slowing down. And, and, and one thing that I've done at Southern Sports Central is I've quit with interviews as much as I used to. I don't care about the big names because, to me, you couldn't right. get a bigger name than a high school senior on this show that had to forego a senior season or her senior season. And uh, we've done that. And by doing that, you hear these kids tearing up in their voice because I make them give me a senior speech before they come off the air. And most of the time I get a coach that joins me at the very, very end. And I make them all hang on until I get them in there. And they're surprised, most of them, unless they listen to me regularly and they know that somebody's coming. But um, I kind of want to do the same. I want to remember the guys and girls because you, Clemson Tom, and there were so many people that were a part of where I am today, eight, nine years, and I haven't – I'm hard-headed, so I'm, I'm still pushing and plugging, but the vision that I have is something I told you a long time ago. Something ever happens to me, I don't care what you're doing on the side, but you've got to pick this thing up and run with it, all right? So uh, that still remains the same because we've got to make sure doing. this thing gets to the next level. How is old Clemson Tom doing? Well, he's – you know, he's all domesticated now. He's soft. I'm going to be honest with you. He's soft. He is <laughs> – now, I did see him try to run his kid over on a golf cart the other day. They were practicing golf, and, you know, Dad had the golf cart. And, you know, you see you see little man just running for his life. <laughs> I said, here's the old Clinton Tom. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's got, his, he's got his wife doing chicken videos, and now she's kind of the spotlight of YouTube sensation. Of course, you know, little Xander, that's his little guy there. He's doing his thing. He's kind of a second home for every dog in, in Orlando because every time I turn around, he's got a new dog in the yard. So, uh, you know, it's just – it's interesting. You know, we don't have that, that, that Clemson Tom that, you know, we used to have all this energy. He comes on the show and, you know, he doesn't stay long because, you know, he's holding me, pulls in the driveway and he gets off the radio. And I'm like, man, I like the new Clemson Tom, but every once in a while, I, I don't, I don't, I can't say I don't miss you the old one either because he was quite the entertainer. I'd say you must miss the fire. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, when you win all the time, I mean, you know, you kind of forget what it's like to, to struggle. I mean, I mean what is the yeah. Clemson fan got to argue about right now? And, I mean, I know that birds you right. and I and, and other Gamecock fans, but let's just be honest. When they talk about dynasties and, and, and the new now, it's Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers. I mean, I was kind of shocked when I heard T. Higgins' comment, and, and we really haven't talked about it on the air, but he made the comment, and, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was something about now I actually have a quarterback that throws to me. I was kind of shocked because I'm thinking, man, you just had sunshine or whatever they want to call that, that, that number one draft pick coming out of Clemson next year from the state of Georgia, by the way. <laughs> I thought he's a pretty good little quarterback, but that, quarter, that, that receiver, you know, didn't say the same thing. It didn't sound like he was quite as excited about it, but it just seems like that's what they do. When you can take a Hunter Renfro that nobody ever heard of, unless you were from Myrtle Beach, who looked to be every bit of five foot three, but looked like a, a 53-year-old man and make him a great right. athlete because – that right. is something that, you know, they make it. Sockensee's got a statue of this kid up, which I don't totally agree with, but I understand, whatever. That yeah. being said, you know, Clemson's just producing, man. And they, day in and day out, they got a kid from uh, Myrtle Beach right now that I, I think out of nowhere he got an offer the other day, and I think he ends up committing to, to Clemson here in the next couple of days because I, I got a feeling that's just where he's going. Cool. I mean, you know, we had a kid from, uh, you know, Coach Snoop. He's got a show, Darnisha, you know, uh, Snoop Dogg. He's got that Coach Snoop thing on uh, Netflix. We had mm-hmm. one of his players on the show. Um, we had one of his players on the show out of Los Angeles, California, a couple weeks ago, Junior. He's a he's a cornerback. And uh, Clemson's right there at the top of his list. 
So, I mean, if that mm-hmm. shows you where Clemson is, I mean, right. yeah. I'm not saying it, it, you got to lose a little, but I guess it gets kind of, I mean, yeah, Clemson, Alabama, that's kind of just what they do. And I know deep down, not a lot of people may know this, but Darnisha is an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, guys, just so you know. <laughs> Still got to get I'm your a, uncle on the show, I'm too, by the way. Ohio State, Georgia State fan now. So, <laughs> those, are my, those are my two new teams. Ooh, and, uh, so no rocking no Bama? Bama? Not Bama, not right now. Not right now. I can hold off on Bama for a couple of years. Nope. I'm, Ooh, I'm, man. I, I got to rock with the family support. Oof. Paul Feinbaum would be disappointed in you, and so would your yeah, own. Well, no, Paul, Paul, Paul. <laughs> Sweetheart, nope. thank you so much for, for the You're time. Welcome. You gave me an hour. And, uh, and, and let's, we'll talk, we're going to talk off the air here shortly, uh, probably tomorrow, because I've kept you an hour, and I can't take too much from Antoine. But uh, tell him I said, hey, hopefully you had a good birthday not long ago. And uh, if there's something that we can do for you, let us know. And we're going to get on this campaign. We're going to get you this kidney, sweetheart. Thank you again for uh, coming back to your seat. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. And it was nice talking to everybody. Have a good night. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The first lady of sports radio, Miss Darnisha Allen Jackson. And she joined us live here for right about 56 minutes. Uh, Coach Call joined us as well from Oceanside. Coach Nate, uh, our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers with you, Coach, as you are listening in above uh, from the big house. And uh, you're probably not listening because I know if I'm up there in the big house, I'm not worried about what's going on down here. No offense to anybody, but, hey, look, man, streets of gold are up there, my man, and uh, not the case right here. But I am uh, going to tell you, uh, Oceanside family, uh, he would want you guys to live uh, live your life to the fullest, that he would want you guys to go out and do great things, that he would want you guys to go and, 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 and be what you want to be. Stay positive, smile, and, and, and think good things, say good things, and be good things. You know, that's kind of my thought process. And, again, I didn't know Coach Nate as well as many people, matter of fact. I knew, you know, him from an interview, but I knew him through some conversations through football fields that we had in passing. But I want to say, uh, you know, I just hope that I leave half a legacy that he's left, you know, and there's a lot of coaches out here who are battling some things. Coach Bob Hayes is battling it right now. I know this is uh, something that he's, you know, he's, if anybody can, 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 can step this thing, I think, I think he's another one of those coaches who, who again, unless the Lord says, you know, I think he's going to continue to do great things, but I'm excited for him. And the opportunity to have a field named after you kind of says it all. And, and of course, um, you know, uh, so many coaches uh, who uh, deal with so many things, depression, uh, things that we don't get to hear about. We just want to say thank you guys for your time, your energy, your effort, no matter the sport, no matter the player, no matter the game. Got to do it for tonight, guys. We'll be out live for our, uh, well, Spotlight 2020 Campus Tour. We're going to try to head to Goose Creek on Sunday. We'll keep you posted. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. You can follow us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. On behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports, on the former cast, the future cast, and the current ones, like Eugene Benton, Coach, you got to come back home Sunday night, son. So you to see you in the studio. And uh, I know you were at the right place at the right time tonight with your Oceanside family. So, guys, don't miss an opportunity to love on somebody. Don't forget that this could be the last goodbye. So take it all in. Embrace it. Forgive somebody. All right? Take that time the next couple of days until we get back together on Sunday night. And, yeah, be the difference, guys. On behalf of all of us, to all of you, God bless. Take care. We will see you again on Sunday night, bright and early. Sunday evening at 6 p.m., guys. Take care.
where it began I can't begin to know it But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you And it don't seem so lonely We fill it up with only two And when I hurt Hurting runs off my shoulder How can I hurt when holding you? Touching warm, reaching out, touching me. 